Welcome, everybody, to another edition of To the Turnbuckle. It's Tuesday, and yes, you damn sure daggum do diddly do know what that means. Uh, I hope you enjoyed that little extra sauce. I do like extra sauce. I do really do. Uh, I am a Logan, Loganity Morris, whatever's left of him anyway. Uh, before I go any further, we have to bring in the, the man of the hour. He's too sweet to be sour. He is virtual. He is the leader of Bruiser Nation. He is the host of the only wrestling podcast that brings you wrestling to those lovely ears of yours. I'm talking about my favorite minister. I'm talking about the father of the year. I'm talking about the man that puts the AEW in awesome. I'm talking about Jason Magdaddy McCarthy. What's up, guys and Loganites? How's everybody doing? Wonderful, as always. Introduction, good sir. I genuinely try, try, I try so hard, I try so hard to give you the intro that you deserve. Speaking of intros that men deserve, well, I'm not going to give him no, no, I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding. I am, I am just joking. Look, he's a man that he does the work. He works harder than I do. I can promise you that. He is the face of school on air. He is not only the hottest wheels at school on air, not only in motorsports, not only, not only, not only, but in all of podcasting that I can promise you, you better believe it. You had better believe it. If you don't believe it, check your engine, give it some gas because there's just no one like this man I'm about to introduce. Look, some say he's quiet. Some say he's humble. And I say, hey, that brother's always ready to rumble. I, of course, am talking about the man that is soon to be Warren's hubby at some point. You guys set a date yet? Or? No, not yet. Okay. Did, Did I miss something? <laughs> Did you? Did I miss I something? I don't know. I keep hearing this future marriage thing, and you never told me. Look, I, I never told me. Broken. Oh, okay. That makes more sense then. <laughs> Look, I just, I just have a way. I just have a way. Anyway, we are so proud to be presented by Bruiser Nation Productions and be right here on Heel Turn Wrestling. We can't wait to get into it, delve into it, talk about it. Let's give them something to talk about. How about trash bags? Ooh, trash bags. All right, let's go ahead and talk about it again. We are to the turnbuckle. We are presented by Bruiser Nation Productions. Right here proudly on the Heel Turn Wrestling Facebook page. Give us a like. Give us a share. We do appreciate that. Oh, if you're on Twitter, if you're on the tweet, 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 uh, tweet, 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 as the Jackson 5 once said, give us a follow at to the buckle. That is at to the buckle. We all live tweet. We have selective days. Sometimes we just share thoughts with the wrestling universe, brother. And uh, we want you to give us a like, give us a share, give us a follow. Please, we want to grow this podcast, and we can only do it as much as you allow us. Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope you are having a very blessed day. All right, let's talk about a debacle. And I don't mean debauchery yet. Um, so, Mickey James, Mickey James icon, women's wrestling legend, if there ever was one. She uh, went viral this week, this past week, I should say. For she she got the, her her belongings from the WWE. They sent them to her in a big black trash bag. She posted a live video, I believe, on the gram, and it got a lot of blowback. Uh, and it got so much blowback that she tweeted at the McMahon's, including uh, Vinnie Mac himself. Uh, and Stephanie responded, I believe, at first, and said that person is no longer. Uh, with WWE that was responsible for this 
trash bag situation. And then everybody that's not named Vince McMahon essentially copy and pasted her tweet and said the same thing. Uh, <clears throat> Vince never responded, at least publicly. So uh, I'm going to I don't often start on something, but I, but I, I feel like I, I should. The symbolism is pretty. That's uh, pretty rough. But, you know, for anyone, let alone a, a legend and a future Hall of Famer. Uh, like Mickey James, the symbolism is pretty rough. However, however, let's let me let me try to give benefit of the doubt. Is it possible, possible that it's just like, well, we got to give her her stuff. Here I am at the Thunderdome. What are we, you know, what are we grabbing? We're on our way out. Uh, I, I think the symbolism is is tough. I absolutely do. But if anything, I think it can be taken a little too personal. Because I got news for you, people. I, I don't know about you guys. I don't know about you guys. When I go out to my, I when I go out, you know, on the holiday season, you know, get together with the fam, right? Uh, usually, I I, I put, uh, you know, if, if someone is nice enough to get me gifts, and I will take some, the Logan Morse Foundation, which is at my address, which I'm not giving out on the air. Uh, and, and, you know, usually, though, if the fam gives me Christmas gifts, we... I take it home with a big, big old trash bag. I don't, you know, and they don't mean the items are trash. What say you, Mister McCarthy? I saw, I saw Napper really had a lot to say. He even he he gave me a little side eye. So I'm gonna wait. He made it. Wait a second. Uh, he was gonna be rude to me. Um, and uh, what say you, Mister McCarthy? Is there? Is it? You know, is this a big? And you guys work harder than I ever do. I've held a job down for like two weeks in my life. This is my job. No, I'm not getting paid for it yet. But uh, you can go help me out with that and buy some merch. Um, but what say you, Mr. McCarthy? Is the symbolism that awful? Is this a little too much? Is this much to do about nothing? You know, is WWE, are, do they prove again that they're Satan's favorite company by this move? Lay it on me. Put it in perspective for me. Please don't call me stupid. All right. I mean, I wouldn't say Satan's favorite company. I wouldn't go that far. Uh, However, this this is a multi-billion dollar company. Man, pack those things in a box. It doesn't make sense. Like, even if if you look at it your way, Logan, like, okay, so you may take things home in a bag. I don't take things home in a bag when I go to Christmas and I bring things home. I use the boxes they came in. I put them in my car. This was classless. It it tells somebody that you don't give a crap about them, period, because you didn't care enough to take five minutes to properly – pack whatever was left at the performance center because she got fired over the phone because it's 2002 now we can't talk to people face to face we're gonna fedex and they sent them in a trash bag which more than likely was put in a box which makes it even more egregious it's the fact that it was in a trash bag because to ship it they would have had to put it in a box why didn't they just pack it in a box and leave it alone instead of telling her that she's trash? Because she's not. She's a fucking legend, and it is completely unacceptable, and this is not the first time it's happened. Now that this has come out, other wrestlers have said that the same thing happened to them, and it's bullshit. 
You're the biggest wrestling company slash entertainment company in the world. What, there's four bigger entertainment companies in the world aside from WWE? There's ESPN, Disney, Fox, Warner Media, and then there's WWE. I don't know where they fall in the hierarchy, but this is appalling to me. Mr. Gnarly Napper. Again, try not yeah. to throw things at me. Uh, <laughs> just, 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 just lay on the way your thoughts on, on this. On this, uh, again, I call it a trash bag debacle. I think it just rolls off the tub. Maybe a future T-shirt idea, there, Mister McCurdy. We can have trash bags and put debacle on the bottom. Um, what are your thoughts on this? Is it is it as egregious? Is it as heinous? It is as crooked. Is it as corrupt as Mister McCurdy was painting? Or is it you know, yeah, not a good look, but. It's absolutely corrupt. Absolutely corrupt. Uh, For something that he actually just said a few seconds ago, this is not the first time, at least according to majority of wrestlers, this has happened. What's even worse, a majority of those wrestlers, women. I've gone on my soapbox over the last couple of months about this company and the way that they have treated some of their women superstars. And it continues to get worse. And it, every time I think there's a point in time where I feel like they finally have listened to reason, they do something idiotic and stupid like this, where they completely just spit in the face of women's wrestling, women in general, and just completely look like a bunch of assholes. And it's, it really does not make any sense to me. And I said last week that I was frustrated with the fact that she was fired in the first place because... Again, that's a veteran women wrestler that you could easily have on the roster. You have Natalia still on the roster. Why is Mickey James not on, still on the roster? Because these women can help all these other women get better. We've been criticizing the women's product for weeks, especially when it comes to Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler and Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose. Putting Mickey James in that situation that can help her, that have that help all of them that have been there and know how to actually wrestle. Mickey James is no slouch. And this is how you show her the respect that she deserves, which you already didn't show her the respect that she deserves. But hey, let's pile on top of that by sending her her stuff in a freaking trash bag. I'll be a little bit nicer than Jason. I won't go that far, but in a freaking trash bag. Are you serious? And I get what you're saying. I get the optics of it can maybe look a little bit skewed on one side because it's a trash bag and COVID and everything like that. But still a trash bag. There is nothing else on this planet container-wise, that you can use to put her stuff in and send to her? I don't buy that. I don't buy it one bit. I'm not, I, I, let, me, let me be absolutely 100% clear. I'm not suggesting that there's not other items to not you know, use to properly pack, but, you know, frankly, it comes down to Mark Carano or whoever was to the responsibility. I doubt Mark Carano's packing bags. All right, he was high up. I, I doubt he's pat whoever, whatever low stooge, whatever, whatever. Uh, it was Briscoe. What a, damn it. <laughs> whatever, uh, whatever stooge pat probably just didn't care. Uh, and, you know, it's a ma- and that sucks, but I, I got news for you. And th- I know this is going to sound 
Again, I don't think no, don't send him a trash bag. That's just stupid. However, I do think this this absolute outrage of by God, we're gonna march on your ass rant is also kind of stupid. But it because the reality is no, they shouldn't send him a trash bag at all. But the reality is it was some low-level stooge that doesn't give a damn that was looking at his watch and goes, Oh, Mickey James gotta get her stuff back. Because no, Mark Carano didn't do this. Vince McMahon didn't do this. Stephanie didn't do this. It just it's bad optics. Some low-level guy working the midnight shift might be making about 15 bucks an hour to clean out the joint as they were leaving the Thunderdome. Pack your stuff in a lazy way. I got news for you. You go to McDonald's. It's a corporate company. You go get a cheeseburger. They don't care. They overall don't care, especially if you hit that third shift. I've heard some horror stories. If you get a McDouble on the third shift, probably ain't just McDouble. It should not be that way, but it is that way. My my thing is this. I don't think this is a representation of the entire company in this case. They're, they'll do a, Vince McMahon himself will do a lot more egregious that you can piss off. This is just some low-level guy that was being lazy, and there's a lot of people that would have done the same thing. I don't care what they say. Does that make it okay? Does that make it right? No. But I'm saying there's a lot of billion-dollar companies that would do the same damn thing. There's a lot of people that would do the same damn thing. Because, again, it's some low-level suge that is probably sitting there. Because I guarantee you, Mark Carano, who got fired over this, too high up to be packing bags. Ain't no way. He just said, I'm out the door at five, bro. I got dinner. I guarantee you this is some low-level intern person trying to work their way up. And the only reason anyone got fired... It's because she made us think about it. And that's her right. She's a legend. She's an icon. She's going to be a Hall of Famer. Frankly, she's probably a TNA Hall of Famer, too. And that's her right. But I think this idea that, oh, my God, it's representative of what is everything wrong with this company. No, give Vince McMahon six months. He'll show you what's wrong with the company. He'll show you what's really wrong with the company. So it was some low-level stooge, probably, that doesn't give a damn. Because guess what? We live in that kind of culture where many of people that are my age work work those low-level jobs, and they just don't give a damn. You're not a pimple on their ass cheek. That's probably how it went down. Can't now, argue with that one. Himself, then yeah, well, you got to I, 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 I will argue with that one because I have bottom. people under my employee that make $12 an hour that care more than – some intern or whoever that packed this bag, if that's the case. Well, do they it's care still not? They it's still not excusable. And it's a more. pattern of behavior because it's come out that it's happened before. So before it was okay, and that's why it happened now. Which, yeah, the only reason anybody it. got in trouble in the first place is because of social media. Yeah. Social media wasn't a thing. We still wouldn't know about it. So thank God we know. But it's a pattern of behavior. I don't care what low-level stooge did it. It falls upon management all the time in any business. Which is why Corona got The employee will follow the lead of the management. If the management is a good person and treats them well, it doesn't matter if they make 10, 12, 15 18 dollars an hour they're gonna do a good job this whole thing of your generation doesn't care i don't believe because it's been proven wrong just by people that 
I employ because I treat them well and show them the right thing to do. Well, sure, McCarthy. I'm not saying that every one of my generation doesn't give a flip, but I'm saying the grand majority, we, we, the, the grand majority of us millennials, and that doesn't mean me or you or, or your friend at work or Jim Bob McBuffy pants. But the grand majority, we have become a lazier society overall. We all kind of agree on that, to my knowledge. That's I, all, I that's disagree all with that. No, it's made, it's that the people above them. There, yes, there are people. You create the culture, and beyond. no matter how yeah. old someone or how young someone is. Well, yes, it's the people cut, on top that, that create the culture. I haven't met a single younger millennial because I'm a millennial. I'm just at the top, the older end of the spectrum. I thought you were 90. So did I. What the heck? I think you're part of the greatest <laughs> generation. You found the And this is something that I have learned in my almost 15 years of management. They're not going to care if you don't care. Look, if you I, care, I, I, it yes, doesn't matter how much they wrong, make. If you care like, about the, them the and show them the right, right thing all right, to all do, right. they're going to do it. The symbolism is wrong, but let's let's crack it down to layman's before we move on. We are complaining because she got her stuff back wrong. Not broken, not not misplaced, not lost. We have become a generation. Society has become a generation where literally what we are complaining about is we don't like the object her stuff was sent in. Whether it's good optics or not, think about how minuscule it is and think about how... This whole debate, this whole debacle on Twitter is proof of today's cry me a river generation because, yes, is it bad optics? But literally, let's think about the PR crisis we're having because we sent her stuff back in the wrong way. We didn't say, screw you, Mickey. We're glad you're gone. We sent her stuff back in the wrong object. Everybody de-stress your breast. If we ain't got bigger issues to worry about, hell, the man probably left his roster kidnapped uh, in Saudi, and this is what we're going to get upset about. My point being is, yeah, you could say it's reflective of management. Guess what? If this was the biggest issue WWE has, give them the Medal of Freedom. They sent her stuff back wrong. Stop it. I get it. Boy, that I, I wish Tony Khan would do this because you would not defend him at all. Oh. Where am I defending it? Where am I defending it? I'm not defending them. I, I didn't. I have never said this is fine. When have I did I, run the tape? Did I say this was fine? Did I say this was good? I said on the laundry list of issues this company has with morality, this is on the very bottom. <laughs> what have I said that was defending it, McCarthy? Waiting on you. That it's not a big deal. Because it is a big deal. In comparison, it doesn't matter. To in comparison to everything else they they've do. done, maybe it's not on that level, but it still shows how much they don't give a damn. Is that news to you? No, but it's another example of the hypocrisy in that company that you always defend when they do shit like this That's, there's you no, always provide excuses oh it was some low guy on the totem pole oh it doesn't matter who in management leads the way it blah 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 it's like everything that i said that is proven in life in a place of employment sure. you're defending them over no i'm not what, what defense did I give? I said it's not good optics. I said we're making too big of a deal because let's be honest, we probably are. That doesn't mean it's good. 
I just didn't pick this to get all fired up about because on the laundry list of things that they do wrong per year, per day, per week, per month, this is not, this does not scratch the surface of releasing people at the start of a pandemic on Black Wednesday. It doesn't compare. And that doesn't make it okay, but I'm saying once you've already done it, once I've already seen this, it's like, guess what? If Charlie Sheen goes on another meltdown, it's not going to pack the same punch because we've seen it. Yes, this company is morally corrupt. We know that's how he became a billionaire. I, I'm not disagreeing with you. But I, I, but it's not, I don't watch wrestling because it's got girl good morals because nothing about wrestling has got good morals. We don't talk about the fact that AEW ended up, you know, parting ways with a re- women's wrestler because she had some sort of problem with some of the coaches and couldn't address them with them. We didn't talk about that, did we? No. Every company's got some crap. This 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 company just happens to be the landfill of crap. It also happens to be because it's 70 years worth. Look, I'm not saying that, again, morally, Tony Khan is better. Tony Khan is a better man. It's a better, probably ran company. The only thing it doesn't have is the finances. But I guarantee you, you give AEW some time, it's going to have its moments and its scandals and it's what the hell did you do that for? That's just how it works. That doesn't mean I'm defending it. No, it's wrong. I'm just saying when, again, when this is a company that fired tons of people at the start of the pandemic, I know it wasn't quite as upset as last week, but at the start of the pandemic, I gave one of the greatest rants I've given on this show about how crappy that was, right? Remember it? Does everybody remember that? That's what I'm saying. When Owen Hart dies in the ring and the show continues, that's what, like, I hear you. You are right. Absolutely. But no, I'm not going to get my panties in a major bunch because if this was their biggest issue, I would be thrilled. But unfortunately, it is not. It is not. This is, if this was their biggest issue, wouldn't you be like, damn, they're doing okay? Probably. No. Like, like the fact that we're about to talk about later on the show, the fact that they're probably about to go back to Saudi. Yep. Yeah. Mm, maybe. <laughs> no, McCarthy, and all you Luganites out there, I'm not defending it, so I'm sorry that I didn't get pissed off enough for you. Give me some time. Um, Jesus. We good? Sure. <laughs> sure. I just didn't get mad enough for McCarthy. Give him time. Speaking of McCarthy, let's get mad about things. Um... Let's talk Impact Rebellion. Let's go ahead and talk that. Uh, but uh, final word on that James, Make a James controversy. No, I'm not defending it. Don't listen to the PR spin of Mr. Push's here. Um, that's just wild. I didn't get mad enough. Didn't get mad enough, Mr. Push's. Kenny Omega defeated Rich Swan to become the Impact World Champion. McCarthy, because we're starting out so well here, I'm going to give you a minute to, to catch your breath. I want your thoughts, Mr. Napper. What do you think? Kenny Omega is the new Impact World Champion, even though he's an AEW talent. I cannot say that I'm surprised. Can't. I just can't. I can't do it. 
I'm not surprised in the, in the slightest. And I really don't understand continuously why Impact continues to bend over backwards for AEW and let them continue to screw them. Because that is exactly what is happening here. Mm-hmm. They are getting royally screwed with this partnership that they're continuing to do with AEW. I like the idea of the partnership. Sure. I was a total fan of the partnership. But dear God, why are we continuing to let AEW just walk all over impact is it because you really are that desperate for the ratings you're really that desperate for the news for the media attention fine but guess what they're not talking about you they're talking about the fact that a guy from another company came to your building won your title and now is going to walk off with it no one cares it makes no sense we all came up with a much better solution leading up to this match and they like they completely ignored it. They completely ignored it. Now I'm not saying you should have had Rich Swan win no, because been, that wouldn't have helped. No contest, yeah. some sort of draw. That would not have helped Impact Wrestling, and it would have done damage to AEW. I don't want that to happen either. But this, this when you look at the grand scheme of both situations, it does way more visual damage on the surface from Impact than it would have done for AEW. It makes no sense. Yeah, I don't understand it either, but I'll get my full thoughts in just a sec, because I'm sure McCarthy's going to piss me off even further. McCarthy, go ahead and piss me off. Oh, you got it, because you guys are absolutely ridiculous. They got the most pay-per-view buys in a decade because of this partnership. It's not like Tony Khan made this decision. Don Callis didn't even make this decision. Scott Demore made this decision are you going to be this fired up that uh new japan pro wrestling guys are still tag team champions or is it just because it's the world title think of it think of it in the long run what kind of rub is whatever impact talent beats kenny omega for that title that's going to be huge for them it's not as big of a deal as you guys are making they have gotten impact has gotten what they wanted. The wrestling world was talking about them all week, all week, probably longer than that. This was a big deal for them. And like I said, Scott Demore makes these decisions when it comes to the impact title. Would I have rather it not happen? Probably. I would have loved to see a big old good smas, but that's not the world we're living in. And unless you're dying on your soapbox for the good brothers, then I don't see a problem with this. I don't see why you guys are so fired up about it. Oh, give it time. I will be upset about that as well. Talking about it, the majority of people that were talking about it, and I will get on my soapbox for that one as well. But the majority of people were talking about it because it's stupid, it's ridiculous. Yes, I get you what you're saying. The pop for whoever beats Kenny Omega is probably going to be really big. Congratulations, it's probably going to be Moose. Who knows? But it's still, it, it makes no sense why we went this direction because, again. Yeah, whoever wins it off Kenny Omega is still going to get a big pop, but at at the end of the day, that's short-term. It's not going to go anywhere. Sure, he'll get a good media attention for a couple weeks. It doesn't still excuse the fact that for the last, what, four months, AEW has taken total advantage of impact 
since this partnership began. They've had impact stars on their on their show consistently. The Good Brothers on the show consistently. Kenny Omega shows up what every once every three weeks. Like this is not. This is supposed to be a give and take. AEW is taking total advantage of Impact, and it's really ridiculous. And I don't understand why Impact is letting them do it. How do we know it's all AEW's decision? It doesn't matter if it's all their decision. It's still part of their decision. The hell they want, as long as it's not affecting his show. He's not Vince McMahon. Oh, you can't go wrestle here. You're you're thinking in in one. So you're thinking of one company. Maybe Impact doesn't want to do all that booking. Maybe Impact is trying to build their stars that they just signed in the last eight months. Then shouldn't they be on the show that's getting 1.2 million views? If that's the case, then Impact's an even dumber idiot than I thought. They should be on the show with AEW so that their talent can get more eyes on their talent. Just like AEW is doing with Impact. Granted, Impact does not get nearly the same amount of views as AEW does, but it's still attention on the on the roster of AEW. They're not stupid. They understand that. Apparently, Impact doesn't understand that. Is it my turn now? <sighs> Go for it. Uh, let me... I'm, I'm going to let this one build before I really crank it up for you, because I'm going to get so hot and stupid... Probably, if there's ever an episode that I'm going to have a heart attack, this is it. Let's see how far we can go. So, let me just say this. Number one, Kenny Omega is an absolute star, and it does help pay-per-view buys. And yes, it's the best they've had in a decade. And that is, that's great. And that, that, that is something to be proud of if you're Impact. Because, look, WCW proved however you get ratings and however you get views is how you get them. But here's the problem. Here's where I have an issue. It is, it's, it's the impact. And this is, and I, and I agree with you, McCarthy. I think Scott Demore is just like, yeah, we'll, we'll ride the train, whatever. Um, you know, impact is completely prostituted themselves out to AEW. Think about that. Now we'll see what, we'll see how it plays out. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's an angle quickly that gets it back in the hands of an impact star, similar to uh, Kerry Vaughn, Eric winning the NWA championship from Ric Flair. You know, uh, you, yes, the NWA was working all together, but some guy from world class wasn't going to work many NWA tapings. It just wasn't happening, but they wanted to do it because of the, uh, obviously his brother passed away. And so he only held it about, I believe 17 days. But the thing about it is, is where has this, where will this benefit the Impact Wrestling product. Uh, sure, Kenny Omega Beyond is, is is okay, but their platform, frankly, isn't big enough to give them that. And and is that on Scott Demore? Absolutely, because I do think it's probably on Scott Demore. I don't see Tony Khan going, "Hey, we're going to take your whole, we're going to take your whole belt." It cheapens the entire Impact roster. It it, it makes an Impact fan. To, it it makes you wonder. Number one, are they separate companies still? Number two. Why should I even watch this product? Because I can go see the guy on on two, on Wednesday on TNT when you're going to, unless it's Moose, they don't even have a company full of guys that you believe that can beat Kenny Omega. The roster is so thin. Only Moose and maybe Matt Cardona, Brian Myers. That's about it. I understand what they're trying to do because Kenny Omega is a star. But the problem is, is, is yes, 
okay, you pop some pay-per-view buys, great. But you're not going to help ratings. They don't have a big enough platform. There are no shows to pop or territories to pop because they're, we're in the middle of a pandemic. You, you're not selling tickets off that. This completely prostituted their entire... Think about it. Their world championship is on loan to another organization. I'm not saying you don't have a crossover, but you didn't see the NWA prostitute the world title out to world class. They had lost... It just this goes too far. This is this is Impact has always done this, no matter whether it's been TNA or Impact. Every now and again, they it doesn't matter who's in charge, even it's weird. They find some way to essentially suck ass with somebody. For a while it was the old ECW gang. Let's give them a pay-per-view. Why? We're not it, it was Hulk Hogan, it was Bischoff. Why like uh, after it, they let every, they let people have their way with them because Hulk Hogan and Bischoff had some good ideas. That doesn't mean every idea like moving to Mondays is smart. AEW has got some great platform opportunities. That doesn't mean that giving your world title to a different talent is smart. Because how, yes, pay-per-view guys, I get it. But from a roster standpoint, from a credibility standpoint, McCarthy, what just happened? Yes, Rich Swan had a hell of a match. It was a great, great match that Mardo called, and it was awesome. But they have done nothing but devalue Rich Swan for the last four months of this partnership. He couldn't even come to the bus of Kenny Omega, even though he's the world champion of that promotion. They have done nothing but say, our guys aren't good enough to compete with the almighty Kenny Omega. And if that was a contracted employee of Impact, I'd be fine with that. But aren't these separate companies? And it's like, take what happened with NWA for a second. When Thunder Rosa comes to AEW and stuff like that. Even in that case, they let other NWA women show up on the show, have matches on the show, defend the title between each other, not really with AEW. They had their own moments on the show because NWA wasn't doing any of their shows. And it got NWA credibility and, you know, attention. We haven't seen Rich Swan on AEW. We haven't seen him have that. Right, that's my point. Like, Kenny Omega's been on on Impact Wrestling how many times? Like, what, five at this point? Or maybe even more than that. I haven't been able to keep up. But Rich Swan has been on AEW television never. Never. Right now, and again, McCarthy, you're right. I think it's on Demore, but don't you think when you paint it out like that, it's they, haven't they completely sold their soul to AEW? I want to ask you: Do you think they're still separate companies? Are they? Is there? If I'm not wanting to essentially get on the AEW train, can I still watch and support Impact and be confident in the fact that it is a separate company that isn't being swallowed by Tony Khan? Give me your thoughts. Talk me through that because I know you're you're much more into the uh, rumors and comings and goings and innuendo on AEW. Is it a separate company still? And again, where is the benefit besides pay per buys as an on air product? It's like it's like Brock Lesnar. Yes, I say he should be champion because he's most legit. I make no bones about the fact that him being all champion hurts Raw because it doesn't have the belt. Doesn't have the belt to go with it. He's off TV for six months. Yes. He helps those pay-per-view moments, but how does it help the overall product? McCarthy, I gave you a lot there. Unpack all that if you could keep up. Can you? Uh, probably. Um, I They're separate companies. Tony Khan's never going to buy another wrestling company. He loves wrestling as a whole. He wants everyone to succeed, and I'm, I'm glad that we can agree that at least – 
yes, maybe TNA is prostituting themselves to AEW. Maybe that's the case. But we can't put it all on AEW and Tony Khan the way Travis tried to. That's that's not how this works. I called Impact. The after after I gave you more facts. Not before. Your original tirade was, oh, AEW's terrible. Here, here. <laughs> Amen to that. How could, they, how could they do this to Impact? How could they do this? That was your first tirade on this subject. We are watching them. I, I can't say that. <laughs> no, I can't. I, no. Go ahead. I had something there. <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully... Kenny doesn't pull a Brock Lesnar and is on impact because he is the champion more often, which newsflash Logan loves part-timers. He'll understand this. Kenny Omega is a star that brings eyes to the TV set. More so than Rich Swan. I love Rich Swan. He's an amazing talent. He's got all the charisma in the world and he's funny as hell. I, he was on Chris Jericho's podcast on Friday. That was great. But he's not the star that Kenny Omega is. And I'm sorry, but right now there's not a lot of people in Impact that are the level of star that Kenny is. But that's the problem. You can't expect Kenny Omega to fix that. Him being world champion doesn't fix that. Even but if somebody can, beats him for it. Bring eyes to your product. And people will that maybe but Kenny is still champion for so long. People don't want to give it a shot, but then they tune in because of Kenny Omega and he wrestles somebody that they don't know. And they like this wrestler. Now they want to see that wrestler again. So in theory, they tune into impact to see him again and again and again. It's a process. Well, he's not making me want to tune into Impact. McCarthy, did I, uh, in private, do something to make you mad? Because I'm convinced you're trying to kill me today. <laughs> I'm convinced. You know I'm a heavier guy. I like to go to Wayne Joints and eat a lot of chicken. I, my heart can't take this stress, but here you are. Here you are. You're taking shots at part-timers. I wasn't taking shots at part-timers. I was parlaying your love for part-timers into this process. Oh, come on, McCarthy. You were being a smartass. Part-timers can bring eyes to the product. (laughs) Kenny Omega can do the same thing for Impact. Wouldn't it, though, also be beneficial to get eyes on Impact if you actually had people from Impact on AEW? True. The Good Brothers are there. Because and do they wrestle that much? Not really. Because they're because they're they the did when they were the Impact buddies. Tag Team Champions. Because they're the elite bosom buddies. I got a couple of comments to get to. Uh, Big Stevie C, the man that hooked us up with heel turn wrestling. You be sure to watch Heel and Face podcast. Uh, when people can take advantage of you, they will. Omega is trying to play the entire industry for fools, and they are letting them. So, McCarthy. Omega's number one fan. What do you have to say to our, our good friend, Big Stevie C? And I know you insult him. He helped us with this deal. Come on. 
I love the egregiousness that everyone has towards Kenny Omega. It's it baffles my mind that anything that ever happens that involves Kenny Omega, it's all him. It's all Kenny Omega. He's playing the wrestling world for fools. Blah, 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 blah. Bullshit. He's one of the top wrestlers in the world today. I haven't seen a better politician since Hulk Hogan. Wow, that, that's egregious. By far, one of the best wrestlers in the world. But we're going to defend WWE and all their bad booking decisions. But oh my God, Kenny Omega just won the Impact title. Oh, the world's going to end. Wrestling's over as we know it. Give the, give the rest of the show. We won't defend. And, and oh my God, wrestling's over. We might as well just all stop watching. First of all, I would never stop watching. <laughs> you stop it. I hate myself too much to stop watching. All right. Because if I loved myself, I would stop watching, but I can't. I can't stop watching. I have to complain. Uh, Big Stevie C, and I think he said this pretty sarcastically, Kenny Omega, star maker. Uh, (laughs) 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 Well, see, the problem is, though, like, Kenny Omega, yeah, you're right. He is the biggest star that Impact could ever come across. There's no doubt about that. They They have been hemorrhaging stars for lack of a better term since the Hogan era. Now people will go, see that's all Hulkster's fault. It's been a decade. The first few years were his fault. Um if you ain't figured it out by now, it's not all Terry's fault. So um yes, you're right about that. I'm I'm not disagreeing with you. Kenny Omega is a star. But is he a star in the same way that Ric Flair was a star and can go pop a territory and get more eyes? I don't know. Is he a star in the same way that, that even Abdul the Butcher was and can go pop a territory and get up more eyes back in the eighties? He would do that's how or Andre would go pop a territory. I, I don't because no he one is just that big did. of a star. He just did on Sunday. By the amount of buys because of this match, he just did. People that have never seen Rich Swan before that bought this pay-per-view because Kenny Omega was challenging for the Impact Championship are now Rich Swan fans because Rich Swan was amazing in that match. Yes, he was. Uh, Steve, big CVC. Uh, does Steve hate Omega for the same reasons you do because he wrestled a broom and a sex doll one time? Well, apparently, apparently he's getting those comments as well. Uh, I didn't know if you were or not. I'm just jacking. I don't, first of all, I don't hate anybody, sir. I'm a man of love. Um, I'm a man of love. I'm a man of love. Uh, I, I'm a man of love, but it's this, this idea that he's like the biggest wrestling star in the world. Just, we're not ever going to have that again. At least right now, AEW is not a big enough brand, and WWE is not going to. They're not going to build up anyone big enough to be John Cena or Ric Flair. Or I'm talking about some of the, I mean, just moves eyes. That because they, I that's what I'm saying is, and yes, again, I think it's mostly on Demora because he's like, yeah, go ahead and can't say it. Uh, <laughs> can't say it. Sure. Uh, you know, go ahead and put us over the barrel. But, and I understand the point because I think they're that desperate. 
for relevancy because they haven't been relevant for at least four or five years. And I know someone goes, well, that's your boy Hulk's fault. It's been a decade. Move on. Lick me. Um, it wasn't all his fault. He made some stupid, stupid decisions. Absolutely. Moving to Monday nights was the worst, but not everything he did was horrible. Um, you know, people go, well, you got rid of the six-sided ring. Most wrestlers don't even like the six-sided ring. So, again, lick me. Especially their biggest guy in the company, really, Sting, yeah. did not like it. Yeah, because it's hard on the I don't think AJ body. liked it either. Like, what? I don't think AJ Styles liked it either. Yeah, he no, like he did. Well, he said he did because they had that table for three where it was him, Jarrett, and uh, Sting. He said he loved it. I know Austin Aries wasn't a big fan of it. I, I'm saying that, like, yes, but everyone always goes, well, damn it, if Hulk hadn't come in there. Oh, well, okay, yeah, he made some horrible decisions, but again, it's been a decade. Their their complete fall from relevancy is not all on Hulk. Could he have hurt for a while? Yeah, I would even blame him maybe for the Destination America move. But once you go to Destination America and then Pop TV and, and now – uh, Twitch and Access TV, like it's been a decade. It's not Terry's fault anymore. Um, you know, by the way, no, no one ever got more eyes on that product, including Kenny Omega. Like, yes, he made dumb decisions, but I'm saying I was fighting with some Twitter fanboys. Follow me at Loganity. Uh, well, <laughs> Hulk made it unwatchable. Sure. Yes, he entirely made it unwatchable. Well, he bankrupted him. TNA wasn't paying that. Panda Energy was. It was Dixie's parents, you jackass. <laughs> Kills me. All right. I think we should move on. <laughs> but anywho, we shall see. I have to admit this. I will close this on a positive. I will close this on a positive. It does make you curious to see where this is going to lead. If Kenny Omega is going to be the full-time uh, Impact Champion, and who is going to eventually get that rub, and how they make it happen. So it does do its job in that sense. But... I still am like, come on, Impact, don't whore yourself out. I'm not trying to swallow the Tony Khan goods. Just, oh, Lordy. All right, we'll try to move it a little quicker. Deanna Perrazzo uh, defeated Tanel Dashwood. Uh, what do you think of this one? I'm a big fan of Deanna Perrazzo. I think that's somebody, again, she's another one that got released on Black Wednesday that has landed on her feet just frickin' dick and fine. So what do you think about this one, McCarthy? I think this match was great and probably one of the better matches that Tennille Dashwood has had. Like she hung in there with the Impact Women's Champion like it was nothing. Yeah, she didn't win, but she was going move for move for her. She didn't look like she was drowning in the deep water, if you will, hanging with Deanna Perrazzo. She might beat Deanna Perrazzo in the future. Well, we'll we'll see what happens. Um, yeah, I enjoyed this match. Deanna Peraza might be uh, might be that longest reigning Impact champion to beat Ty Valkyrie's record. We'll see. I really like her. She's proven that WWE completely missed the boat with her. Uh, Finn Juice. Here's another decision I didn't care for. Defeated the Good Brothers, and it's not because I don't like Finn Juice. I think they're I think they're good as hell. It's just I think, especially you're being in Japan, it's hard to not have your tag titles on the regular uh, roster. Do you think this was the right call, McCarthy? I think with what's going on in Japan right now with the pandemic, I mean, I don't think it's that big of a deal. They're not going back there. Right. They're having another wave over in Japan. A lot of stuff's getting shut down. They probably can't fly over there right now anyway. I was not So I don't think this is 
that big of a deal. And I think it now that the Good Brothers have lost the titles and lost their rematch, now this gives someone else to step up and bring the tag team championships back to impact and take them off of Finjuice. Decay, 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 decay. Decay. Let it be decay. All right, how about you? What do you think, Ray Cole? Well, I didn't know that either about um, Japan. So That's all right. I, if it doesn't fit your narrative, don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I still don't know if I think it was the better decision. I can understand where he's coming from with, with somebody else getting that opportunity, especially because right now the Good Brothers don't really need that need the titles. Like they're getting plenty of exposure in many different ways. We just spent like half an hour harping on it. So, so they don't necessarily need the titles because honestly, they're getting over no matter what you say. So, I, I guess from that standpoint, it's right decision. But hopefully, at some point soon, those titles are taken off of Finjuice. We'll see again. Decay, decay, decay. Trey Miguel defeated uh, Sammy Callahan in the last man standing match. This sucker had some physicality. What'd you think of it, Mister McCarthy? Dude, Sammy Callahan beat the crap out of him. Like, by the way, you cost a lot like, for a minister. I mean, That's wild. <laughs> but like, like Trey Miguel took all that punishment and kept on coming. And like, damn man, I, sometimes you forget how good Sammy Callahan is, even though he is from Ohio. Sometimes you forget because Impact doesn't have the eyes. But man, he was brutal. Uh, like they said on commentary, man, he made a simple pedestrian move like the body slam look devastating. Like how many body slams in different ways did Sam Callahan give to Trey Miguel that night? Yeah. I mean, not even Kenny Omega can do that. That was pretty impressive. (laughs) Although I will say I do have one complaint about this one. It's not about the match itself. It was about the replay they chose. Do you remember the spot where the table was upside down and he body body slammed him on it? Yeah, and it looked really devastating because the camera was behind Sammy Callahan. Yeah, and then, <laughs> and then they, they asked for a replay and kind of ruined it because game, you could see that he obviously landed on his feet first. Yeah, <laughs> they, I, I was begging them that. not to show a replay while I was watching this. Like, please don't. It's going to ruin everything. Uh, yeah, I don't know why they should. They they completely because I at first I was like, damn, that looked hard, and then they showed that replay. And okay, I'm suspending belief. <laughs> um, Jordan Grace and and uh, the debut in Rachel Ellering. Of course, she's the the she's the daughter of Precious Paul. Uh, Lod, Lod. All right, defeated Fire and Flare to become the new tag champions. What do you think of this one? And do you think that means that Jordan Grace has signed a new Impact contract? I know her her deal is coming up. Next month, meaning meaning May. She probably did. I mean, she she seems to like it there. And I thought this was a really good tag match. Fire and Flavor showed their um, their heart and desire. Flavor. And Rachel Ellering, I know I said flavor, my bad. And Rachel Ellering showed that she really didn't miss a sp- step from her time out from wrestling. It looks like she's put on some muscle and some body weight, which is good. She meshes well with Jordan Grace as two like big bad women. Yeah, love them, uh, love them like that. Love, love, a, love a good thick mama pump. I'm sure all about it. Uh huh. 
That's going to be a t-shirt now. Huh? That's going to be a t-shirt now, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Yes, that's a t-shirt. That's a more. <laughs> Don't you just love working with me, McCarthy? I can, I can make you so mad, but then laugh till you cry. Well, yeah, I wouldn't still be doing this if not. All right, that's wild. <laughs> um, Thanks, guys. Thank you. Love you. We love you, too, Travis. <laughs> we'll hug later. Like I said, as soon as, as soon as as soon as these restrictions are lifted, we're all three making out live on the air. Um, it's going to be great. That's egregious. Only yeah. fans and egregious. Only our fans. Yes, only our fans will get to see this. Um, okay, Brian Myers defeated Matt Cordona. This had a scary spot in it, McCarthy. Matt Cordona landed on his knee, and you could see that sucker buckle. He landed on his feet, and his knee buckled. Uh, he he certainly tweaked something at the very least. What'd you make of this match? Do you think they called an audible there? Because, again, he obviously may have blown out his knee. Do you think Brian Myers was always the plan? And what'd you think about what looked like a serious injury? I think this was the original finish. And Matt Cardona said, we're going to finish this match like we were supposed to. Because I wasn't sure at first, but then they're throwing the double X up. And I'm like, oh, yeah. crap. Yep. That's ideas, terrible. Like, like I was so worried about him. So I was really proud that, like, as a wrestling fan, that you know, Matt Cardona just kind of said, you know what? Screw it. We're going to go with this finish. If my knees messed up, can't get any worse. At least that's what he thought probably at the time. And I mean, that's just shows he's a true pro wrestler. Most, not everybody would have done that. Some guys would have said, no, I'm done. But there are, there's that rare breed of pro wrestler that no matter what happens, if they can make it work, they're going to. And I thought the match was really good, but like, it didn't seem. Their intensity didn't come through the screen for me. Like I never really like it never suspended my belief enough to that. They're not still friends. Like they didn't go at each other like I expected them to. And I guess that that was my own expectation. I figured they were going to beat the living crap out of each other because they've known each other for ever Mm -hmm. since the day they got. Walk, both walked into the training facility. They've known each other. And normally you get guys that are real snug in their work when that happens. And I didn't really see a lot of that, but that didn't really ruin the quality of the match. But I just expected a little, a little bit more of a snug, hard hitting match from them because of their history and the story they were trying to tell. Yeah, I thought so. But again, maybe, maybe this was supposed to have more time. And then with the injury, it got cut short. Perhaps there was going to be a moment there where it got really uh, physical. Uh, Colin Bester made a comment, a rare gym on impact. It was fun to watch. Well, hey, I, I don't disagree that it was fun to watch, my friend. Uh, thank you for tuning in. I, I shall see you uh, tomorrow evening, my guy. All right. Uh, Violent by Design, they got the W with a debuting W Morrissey. And if you're wondering who the hell that is, that that. The man formerly known as is Big Kaz, and he's seven feet tall, and you can't teach that. So Big Kaz, W. Morrissey, in Impact Wrestling. Uh, I'm going to start with Napper on this one just because I'm curious. What are your thoughts on W. Morrissey, again, formerly known as Big Kaz, in Impact Wrestling? 
Okay. Yeah, sir. I think we are. Okay. I guess we'll find out. Alrighty. Yeah, we're still good. Okay. All right. I stepped on something. I must have stepped on a cord. Um, I am very happy. Very, 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 very happy to see Big Cass back. Obviously, now he's not Big Cass, W. Morrissey, but still, I, I, I was surprised. I was very pleasantly surprised. And it's it's awesome because, you know, we've probably all heard if you're not, you know, if you're not privy to updates on Big Kaz, he's dealt with a lot of struggles. He's had a lot of substance abuse issues, I believe, a lot of mental health issues. So, you know, it's just, it's really nice to see this all come back together, him able to, you know, put all that behind him. You got to love a good comeback story. This is a good comeback story, and it's awesome. And this is this is a good get for Impact. Like, we're talking about guys that can beat Kenny Omega. We're talking about guys that look like they can beat Kenny Omega. W. Morrissey is definitely one of those guys. Like, that. that's a match that I would probably very much enjoy to see. Um, and, you know, even if it's Moose, imagine Moose versus Morrissey. Like, that in itself, shut up and take my money. Like, that would be amazing. So, yeah, great, great get for Impact. Glad to see him back on his feet. And on a network, not I don't want to say network, but on a program that's going to get him more attention. Maybe not the attention that he once had, obviously, in, in WWE, but he's back in a similar spotlight than he used to be. And, and maybe this is better for his mental health right now to be in that lower platform, uh, you know, and it helps and they can mutually benefit each other. They get, it gets him back on some sort of national audience. And of course, people are going to go big cat. I remember him. Let's, let's go check. Let's check impact out. Uh, so Mr. McCarthy, what do you think of giant edge, uh, debuting in impact <laughs> wrestling? Uh, dude, I thought it was great. Like, um, really proud that he has been able to overcome all his issues and come back looks in great ring shape still remembers how to be a big man the only i have one complaint and it's about the internet it's about three hours before showtime rumors were flying that big cast was going to return to a ring eminently and it ruined the surprise for me it wasn't like, oh, my God, I can't believe he's on the TV. It was like, oh, that's what those tweets were about. He's on Impact now. Like it, it, And that's not Impact's fault. They can't control the internet. It's not Big Cass's fault either. But it, it, I think it hurt it. If anybody saw that he was about to show up for a wrestling company, it ruined that surprise that they were going for. Uh, luckily I was, I was, un, I was not dialed into the computer a few hours before showtime. So this was a surprise to me. Uh, luckily I was good. I, this good. was, this was one of the rare times where I, I, I had a busy slate that day. I had watched the, the NASCAR race and then I had went and got some dinner and then came back and then sat down for rebellion. And so I hadn't had a chance to check the dirt sheets and I checked them Quite compulsively, <laughs> quite compulsively, as these two gentlemen will tell you, because I'm always hitting. Oh, did you see this? Uh, so this was the one time I was out of the loop, and I was damn proud of it. Uh, finally, to close out our rebellion review here, Josh Alexander defeated uh, Ace Austin and TJP to become the new X Division champion. Of course, that X Division belt's got a lot of lineage, 
Great guys have had it. Joe, Styles, Daniels, uh, the list goes on and on. McCarthy, what are your thoughts? Josh Alexander, the next in line. What did you think of this match? Did the right guy win? I think most definitely the right guy won. Josh Alexander is way better than I ever thought he would be. And it was the right way to open the show. It, it was just enough of high octane and wrestling all at once because Josh Alexander gave us all the wrestling we could handle. And then TJP and AS Austin are kind of flying around. So it was a nice little combination of multiple styles to really get everybody into the show and get ready to watch what was quite frankly, a really good pay-per-view. I agree. I thought it was a very good pay-per-view. Uh, despite my uh, grievances with the Kenny Omega decision, there's no denying that it was a solid main event. Uh, great to have Mauro Ronaldo on the call. And it was a top-to-bottom good pay-per-view. Um, I I want to say it was well worth the $40, but I think $40 is just steep for a pay-per-view these days. And I think 50 is steep. But uh, but it was, if you purchased it, well worth it as far as did you get your enjoyment out of it? Absolutely if you're a wrestling fan, this was a this was a solid pay-per-view. Great stepping stone for Impact. Hopefully they follow this up very well with uh, Slammiversary the next time they return to full-fledged pay-per-view. Until then, they'll have special events on Impact Plus uh, under Siege being the next one, which Kenny Omega is reportedly booked for. We shall see. Um, all right, next let's go to the WWE side of things. The actual wrestling product, not, not what bag gets sent where. Um... Uh, Daniel Bryan is going to face Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship this Friday on SmackDown. If he loses, if he loses, boys and girls, he has to leave SmackDown. So we know that his contract is coming up reportedly in September. That's that's the reported rumor time that his contract comes up. And he has been pretty honest about the fact that he's probably not going to sign another full-time deal. McCarthy, as, as Napper's getting things worked out, then I'm going to start with you. What's going to happen here? Is just this, is this just him losing and then switching to Raw, or is this writing him off TV? Do we have a no contest? To what's going to what's going to go down here? I think this is Daniel Bryan losing, but I don't think he's going to go to Raw. I think he's going to go to NXT for the last few months of his contract, help the young guys down there, and get some matches in with guys he wants to wrestle before he goes to part time. Because once he goes to a part time contract, he'll won't get a chance to wrestle a lot of these guys unless they're a marquee guy on Raw or SmackDown, which is hard to get to no matter where you come from. It takes time to get on the marquee matches on Raw and SmackDown. I don't think he would – he could do a lot for Raw, but I don't see him fitting there. there. There's a lot of issues on Raw, and I don't think Daniel Bryan is the way to fix them. Well, we shall see. Personally, I hope that – I'd love to see him win. I, I, I don't know, just as a – just as a quick, whoa, kind of stunner. You know, so often we, we, we see things come and I want, I want, I want every company to here and there make a move that it's like, whoa, didn't see that coming. You know what I mean? And so I'd like to see him win. What say you, Mr. Napper? Is this the, uh, is this the official end of his full time career we're about to witness or is there a bigger, uh, motive and storyline at play here? I don't know if it's his, you know, end to his full-time career, I think he's still got a little bit more left before we get to that point. 
I was kind of throwing around the idea that what if Edge somehow gets reinvolved in this situation? Because we haven't really seen him, at least to my knowledge, since yeah, <laughs> since the since the WrestleMania match. So it's I'll be curious to see if he maybe shows up, if he interjects and causes Daniel Bryan to lose. Daniel Bryan would still be off SmackDown, but I think. If you take both of them and put them to Raw... Unless he's friends with Sonya Deville, in which case he can easily be back on SmackDown. <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, I, I think they're friends, right? Maybe maybe, maybe that's something that the Scrap Daddy pulls. You know, say, hey, you did this to me on Raw. I'll do this to you on SmackDown. I, I love that idea. I think it's a great idea. Home <laughs> with the Scrap Daddy. Yeah. But all, all joking aside, I, I think that he is going to lose. I do believe that. But I don't know where they go from here. But I, I don't believe it's the end of his full-time career just yet. Well, I think we still got a little bit more left to do with him. So I don't know what. Maybe he goes to NXT. I would love that. I'd love to see. I'd love to see a rematch between Daniel Bryan and Adam Cole. Well, wouldn't that be something? Wouldn't that be something? Uh, that would be pretty big. Daniel late. Bryan and Finn Balor. <laughs> Shut up and take my. Yes. Frankly, I, I think I think Daniel Bryan versus Karrion Cross would tell a hell of a story. Oh yeah, for sure. With what he did with Brock, absolutely. I, I, I just think there, there's a lot of options. Hopefully, Daniel Bryan still got some gas left in the WWE tank. We shall see. Uh, lastly, on SmackDown, before we take a quick breather, Alistair Black reemerged in some in an interesting vignette. Uh, Mr. McCarthy, did you see this vignette? I missed the vignette. I okay, Mister Napper. Sorry, the vignette. Good stuff. Yes, I did. Okay, my boys are prepared. That's why I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I did see the vignette. I, I thought it was very good. McCarthy spends all all, all shows saying, "Hey, my guys work hard." Awesome, McCarthy. I missed the vignette. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, Way to go, McCarthy. Jeez. I'm it's not like you got a sorry. full-time job or anything. What sounds, the hell? Sounds like a bad, I know, bad terrible. Guy plays millennial. Mr. Napper, what'd you think of this vignette? Uh, you know, when they first brought Seth Rollins back as a heel, I got the impression that they were... If anybody's ever played... I, I love video games. So if anybody's ever played Far Cry 5... I got the impression that was the character they were going for. What I did not realize is that they had a guy on the roster that could do it way better and should have been doing it from the very beginning, and that is Aleister Black, because that's the kind of character that I'm getting the vibe that they're going to go with. Um, I'm nervous. I'm very nervous, because on one hand, I think it's awesome. I love the story. I think if anybody can play this kind of dark, mysterious character, obviously it's Aleister Black. Mm -hmm. Problem is, we've seen backstage segments with Aleister Black before where he, for some reason, wanted people to pick a fight with him. I'm really worried that this is where this is going and if it is I don't believe it's I really don't fully believe that's where we're going but please let's not keep him backstage for what a month and have him just cut vignettes unless it's really good vignettes and that's fine and so far it's a really good vignette yes I'm really nervous though what's going to happen in the second vignette and the third vignette and the fourth vignette if we have that 
continuation. Just please, let's not do this stupid thing where he's behind the scenes 24-7. And well, he is at least going to have one more video. You can tell. Oh, yeah, for sure. There, I mean, there, he has a storybook, so there's got to be multiple chapters, right? <laughs> you know, the flippy I can stand. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Look, I think it's great that he's back on TV. It, it was looking grim there for a while. Um, we saw that happen with, uh, with Andrade, that, you know, he got written off TV and it did not pan out. All of a sudden, Alistair Black is back, and hopefully Vince has got a plan. Um, we'll see if that happens because Vince's plans are hard to come by these days. But I'm going to be cautiously optimistic because that's the role I have to play on this show, even though McCarthy told me off here I'm going to hell for it. Um, but that's – and he's a minister, so I, I'm so screwed. But any of you, I really, really, really hope it works out. And I'm, we're going to keep rooting for the WWE product to get a little better. Why? Despite McCarthy, that's why. Everybody hashtag wow. Spike McCarthy. You know, get it ha- trending. Hashtag forgive the father. Hashtag miss mean minister. Uh, just he is absolutely. This guy's pretty egregious. All you know right. what? Yeah, go ahead. If I have to be egregious and get trending place. that way, I'll do it. I'll do it just for the show. What'd you say? Wow, that's egregious. No, we really didn't hear you because you were trying to talk over Logan. Oh, that's fair. I said if it can get publicity for the show and we get us trending, then let's do it. So WWE does that, the morally bankrupt. We We do it. We got to do what we got to (laughs) do. We don't have any money, so yes. (laughs) We do what we have to do. We do what we have to do. All right, with that, we're going to take a quick second. We've got some merch to plug. Get yourself some fine t-shirts. You got that keyed up, my friend? All right, take it away, McCarthy. Not literally, it's a video. Oh, hey there, Bruiser Nation. Raise those anchors and get ready to wear the official merch of Bruiser Nation Productions. Visit BruiserNationProductions.KinCustom.com and show the world your love of the Bruiser Nation as you go about your day in style. We have Bruise Cruise Podcast and to the turnbuckle tees, hoodies, jackets, shoes, bags, and even pillows. You heard that right. Pillows. That's BruiserNationProductions.KinCustom.com. Once again, BruiserNationProductions.KinCustom.com. And remember, Bruiser Nation, stay good, because I'm always good. And welcome back, everybody, to the Turnbuckle. Yes, please go buy some merch. McCarthy, I am going to come to you for real this time live. Go ahead and remind him one more time where to go get that fine, fine merch. Oh, let's see. There's two places you can go. You can go to BruiserNationProductions.KinCustom.com and also SpreadShirt.BruiserNationProductions.com. And if you forgot those, the links are on the BruiserNationProductions.com website. Absolutely, absolutely. And speaking of Bruiser Nation Productions, Go ahead and just tell them about the flagship show of that lovely company. Oh, the Bruce Cruz Podcast, the only podcast that brings you pro wrestling for your ears, where each and every week right now we're covering the New Japan Pro Wrestling Tournament. 
G1 Climax 30. Yeah, I know, six months ago, but it's fine. It's a lot of fun. So we have that uh, for the next three weeks. I'll probably do Blood and Guts just for the hell of it in two weeks since I'm going and it's going to be sweet. And I'm going to watch it again and commentate it. Yeah, you'll get to watch it from the TV perspective. Um, look, uh, those are the companies that he is he is fine and morally proud of. Uh, so you want to go ahead and tune in to the Bruce Cruz podcast each and every week. Uh, dear friend, dear friend, Mr. McCarthy, um, my, my favorite minister, even though you're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. Um, so tell us about what is, what you have on the slate as far as how you're going to make your way down to Jackson Vader. Oh, well, gee, so uh, the way I'm going to make my way down to Jacksonville is next Tuesday, leave here about 8, 9, 10 o'clock, drive my happy butt all the way to Jacksonville, get down there about 8, 9, 10 in the morning, get something to eat, check out the scenery, the beaches and whatnot, and then go to the show and try to sneak into the Hyatt because that's where they all go after the show and try to do some networking with my business cards and resumes and call it a business trip. See, that's how you know he's a minister, because he keeps saying damn and BS and everything else. But he said happy butt. Happy butt, yeah. <laughs> well, it, it turns out he it turns out he's he's off being a minister until about six thirty and it just hit six thirty. And so now um it's 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 time to he knows that his church members are tuning in. He knows what time it is. Yeah, he's six thirty Is it toll time or is it bruise cruise time? Um I shouldn't have said that. We look forward to uh, hearing <laughs> about your travels. So you'll not be with us next Tuesday. Well, what do you think? I'm going to ask this question live on here because we like to we like to wax around here. Oh, boy. What do you think? Uh, do you want to do the show next Tuesday? Do you want to take a week off? What do you want to do? I think we can do the show. Right. I'm sure we can convince Ryan to come back for, for a show. Ryan. Ryan. And don't worry. I will bring live footage. Maybe a little bit of me driving. Maybe a little bit of me at the Jacksonville skyline, and most definitely me singing along with the crowd to Chris Jericho's theme music, Judas, because it's going to be great. See, that's why we should do the show, because he's going to take those videos, and we're going to play them throughout the entire show like WWE does with some of their stuff. The, yeah. the, the, the show's before that show, so that's for the next week, buddy. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice try, though. Me, me no smart. Me, no, me forget. Me not know what day it is. Look, hey, look, days are hard. There's only there's seven of them. It's tough to it's tough to handle. Thursdays, oh, Impact Wrestling, eight p.m. Um, look, I just plugged them more than AEW has. Hey, AEW, <laughs> oh, hey, if they I'm don't want to spend their money on advertising, that's their fault. Hey, I'm just saying, ECW got more of a rub when they invaded WWE. Um, but that's just facts. At least, at least Vince put him on the payroll for a thousand. Would, would you say that is a fact of life? Oh, in the oh not that, not that sitcom. No, you, no. You meant, you meant Mr. L. A. Knight, formerly known as E. Y. Drake. I was singing fact yeah. of life. That old thing, you know. Oh, wind the whistle, man, blow. That's a copyright. A copyright. Okay, let's See? talk. A. Go ahead. I was just going to say, see, what McCurdy doesn't know is we're doing this so that we don't have to talk about AEW as much. Yeah. Yep, that's called Killing Time. And in the words of Clint Black, this Killing Time is killing me. Um, 
All right, let's talk AEW, uh, McCarthy's favorite company that he's willing to sell his soul for. Um, uh, Mr. McCarthy, let's talk about Darby Allen defeating Jungle Boy, Jack Perry, uh, for the AEW TNT Championship. That was your main event on Wednesday night, Dino Mind. Go ahead and give us your thoughts of how great you thought it was because you'll never criticize it. I criticize him sometimes. No, but that mess was great, man. Come on now. I mean, let's get serious. Jungle Boy was so close. So close. That was almost damn near as good as Darby Allen and Matt Hardy was from two weeks ago. Those two were the future stars of that company, and they showed it. That's all you got? That's it. Yeah. Napper? I agree with him. I thought this match was very well done. We're going to bore the viewers if this keeps happening. I know. I'm sorry. But unfortunately, <laughs> it was a really good match. Um, I was kind of hoping Jungle Boy would win, though. I really was. Because I'm just not into the Darby Allen TNT Championship run anymore. It just seems like they've kind of watered it down because of everything else going on around Darby Allen. He had the Luchasaurus and Sting intervention, which I think kind of killed it a little bit. I'm not going to say that it really ruined the match, but it did kind of take away from it a little bit. I I just don't know where they're going with this Darby Allen, Sting, Lance Archer, Scorpio Sky, Ethan Page. Like there there's everybody and their mother in this situation and I have no clue what's going on. So it's because everybody wants the TNT championship. It's except they're all Sky mad at Sting take it from Darby Allen. They're all mad at Sting though. So how does that work? Lance Archer wants a piece of Sting. I'm pretty sure Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page at some point probably want a piece of Sting. Nobody really cares about Darby Allen. They just want Sting. Scorpio Sky does want a piece of Sting. He called him a coward for carrying a bat to the ring. I heard it on Wrestling with the Week. I mean, I, I'd say that the guy that Why carried... Why are you plugging him, bro? That's wild. Yeah, really. What the heck, man? Come on, man. It's a funny show. I'm sorry. <laughs> What about us? At least he didn't put a question mark at the end of it. Do I need to tell the viewers right now to watch To the Turnbuckle because they're already watching? Are we going to WWE this and just bury it into the ground? Because I can. Go ahead. Don't miss our crazy on the To the Turnbuckle every Tuesday from 5 to 8 on Facebook Live via Heel Turn Wrestling, Score on Air Network, and proudly brought to you by Bruiser Nation Productions there. For only nine ninety nine. For only four ninety nine, we're gonna beat everybody's prices. Yeah, two ninety nine. Yes, <laughs> that's egregious. That's too low. Yeah, come on, buddy. First of all, I can go lower. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait till raw. We will. Yes, we. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. All righty. Look, I enjoyed this match. Darby Allen is, is I have said, should be the face of AEW. I believe that 122% to be precise. Can't get me to 23, but 22. Um, I'm not ever going to complain about seeing Sting, even though Napper will. That's, that's, I didn't complain about seeing Sting. I complained about them getting involved in the match. At least I respect all legends, McCarthy. We have to agree I'm consistent, right? I mean, that's fair. Uh, look, I'm consistent. Um, I, I enjoyed it. I agree. I'd like to see Jungle Boy get that big win because Darby Allen should move on to bigger and better things, and bigger and better things should be that AEW World Championship um, on the most overhyped wrestler of... This decade, um, 
He's great. Wow. I just don't know that he's easily the best. Um, but we'll talk I never said he was the I said he's one of the best. I know. I'm talking I mean, about the narrative. That, like Everyone's like, he's the best worker in the oh, world. I'm like, well, is he any better fair. than AJ Styles? Like, is he really that much better worker than Styles? Is he that much better than Daniel Bryan? Is he that much better than Randy Orton? Adam Cole? Is he that much better than Adam Cole? Is he that much better than Kyle O'Reilly? Is he that much better? Like, I just... It's weird to me that he's like the clear-cut best wrestler in the world. Usually we don't have that, except for Flair in the 80s. Um, where we all knew that it was Flair and everybody else. Um, so, oh well. Oh well. Oh freaking well. But he's got the charisma of a WWE trash bag. But Wow. Wow. Just Wow. Just wow. Oh, all right. Okay. If he's never coming on the podcast, uh, he, he would be so welcome, but he, he would, he, I would, I would welcome him gladly. I sure would. I, I promise you I would, but I'd be like, why do you cut the phone sex promos? That's a fair question. You know, if we could speak the language, I, it would be legit to get Kota Ibushi on here because he might be better than Kenny. Well, I mean, not according to Don Callis and Kenny Omega. Well, they're playing characters. Are they? Are they really? Yeah, they are. <laughs> they just seem like some great A, fun people, great, fine people that you would bring home to the family. Um, all right. <laughs> I'd cook them dinner. There you go. Look, they just, just make me mad when they go bigger than Hogan, bigger than Flair. Uh, <laughs> stop it. All right. You stop I didn't it. say anything. You st- hey, you made an egregious poll, and I'll never let you live it down until you apologize. Um, I'm not going to apologize for asking people who their favorite wrestler is and including Kenny Omega in it. It's not what you do. It's how you phrase it. We're, we're apologizing for trash bags now. You should have put it in a different way. Um <laughs> <laughs> All right. They could have at least gave her a hefty. That was a cheap Meyer brand of trash bag. I do think I got that trash bag sitting in my room right now. I really do. <laughs> I do think I got that trash bag sitting in my room. Um, Hikaru Shida defeated Tay Conti, and I got to tell you, thought this was the wrong call. Tay Conti is having this coming out party. Let's push the momentum, make her the miracle baby face for a little while, and then you can transition to Britt Baker. I thought Tay Conti should have won this match, and her coming out party is continuing. This woman has got it. Another person that has landed on their feet since getting that that uh, sad release from WWE. Um, I know that these guys would have you both thinking that every one of those wrestlers are now homeless and living in Squidward's cardboard box, but that isn't true. Um so, again, the coming out party continues. Mr. McCarthy, what do you think? Did the right girl won? I don't think so. I think that we could have had a huge Britt Baker take Conti match down the line here. This could have been huge. What's I thought for sure Ty Conti was going to win. Like, th- this match had me on the edge of my seat because they had me believing that Ty Conti was about to take that championship from Makaru Shida. And I'm a huge Makaru Shida fan. I mean, I. It's hard to say whether it's the right call because, yeah, the Cinderella story is great, but the the real big match right now in the women's division is Britt Baker and Hikaru Shida. They've been building to it for months. 
I mean, Britt Baker's been on every wrestling program that AEW has to offer to get her win up so she can be the number one contender. She was quick to point out that she's now the number one contender when she came out and uh, she had those graphics adjusted on the fly. What do you think of that? Those graphics are accurate. She's the number one contender. That's fair. It's absolutely fair. It no doubt is. Mr. Napper, what do you think, my friend? I mean, I'm I'm a little bit jealous because even I can't update graphics that quickly. Maybe, I mean, maybe you can reach out for an internship. I know, right? AEW is such a good company they'd certainly help you. Maybe. Now, to to be fair to you, Travis, you got to remember, they're probably working with multi-billion dollar equipment. Or at least multi-million dollars. Well, some would say that's a crime as a, as a company. You should be giving that money away, according to Mr. McCarthy. Yeah, to me. To, I never said that. To, 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 to help you out and build better graphics. I don't know. Yeah, Buster, I agree. You <laughs> no, because I forget what it was. All right. Hi, Buster. Hello. He ran off again. Hello, Buster. Bye, Buster. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. And one more time, can you do the claw? The claw. (laughs) Which is, that's probably what the fiend said when he discovered Man of a Claw. That was it right there. He got the network and was like, looky there. What should I have my fishing move be? I know. The claw. (laughs) He probably was watching Toy Story as he was trying to figure it out. Look, Woody will teach you life. I mean, he does. That actually wouldn't surprise me because you get Firefly Funhouse, Toy Story. Like, maybe he's got some pretty big issues with Toy Story. Yeah, he was sitting there with all his favorite house plants and and was. Nobody has issues with Toy Story. Toy Story is amazing. Nobody is complaining about Big Star as a whole. Yeah. This is egregious. This is egregious. The claw. Alrighty. Um, look, I, I do. I, I think I think Ty Cotty should have won this match. I just I let my own self believe, and once again they let me down. Um sounds like a company I know. Um Heyman Adam Page de- de- defeated absolute Ricky Starks in the uh, what was the kickoff match to Dynamite? I do believe. No, I'm wrong. I'm wrong about that, aren't I? Yeah. Um, no, that was a match. Pretty sure yeah. it was, right? Was that the only? I think match? so. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was. I don't know. I was up late. Um, I watched it this morning. I'm pretty sure. You watched it this morning. That's better than me. I, I watched it. Well, I watched it in the wee hours of this morning. Wee wee. Not my wee-wee, but wee-wee hours. In the wee-wee hours, in the words of the classic blues tune, uh, Chuck Berry. Um, what'd you think of this match, Mr. McCarthy? Dude, this match was good. Like, it wasn't, like, break down the walls or whatever good, but it was good. It was hard fought. There was a scary spot there where I thought that Ricky Starks might have – broken something because that German suplex was scary man like I thought he like legit got hurt like I'm not sure what happened like he under rotated or 
Adam Page threw him a little too not as hard as he thought he was gonna, but like because he landed like partly on his feet and all the way on his head. So I wasn't really sure if it was supposed to be a counter and he just under rotated or what happened. But the match was great, man. Like once again, Ricky Starks proves that he's a freaking star. Absolutely, he is a freaking star. No doubt about that. Uh, I knew that back when he was in the NWA where he was known as the Stroke Daddy, Ricky Starks. What, 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 an, uh, what a difference a name makes. Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed this. I, I have nothing really against it. You like that was a bit of a scary spot. Still waiting on Hangman Page to, to have that big moment and get that you know AEW World Championship uh, because he had that one opportunity, I don't know, two years ago. Um, Mr. Napper, thoughts on this match? I thought it was a good start to the show. I I agree with Jason. I thought it was pretty great. I, I don't know if it, like he said, I don't know if it was one of those, oh my gosh, can you believe this match kind of matches, but give both these guys credit. They had a great match. It was a nice little opening spot. I was as equally nervous with that spot and thought that, oh my, he broke something or something bad happened. Yeah, apologies. Apologies. Thankfully, that wasn't the case. Um, but I, I'm with you. I really just I wonder what they're doing with Hangman. I really I I don't know where this is going to lead to. It seems like they've forgotten completely about him. And you like, mean you're not buying the McCarthy PR spin? This is just a long five year plan. I mean, if it's a five year plan, then he's going to beat Kenny Omega. He's still in five years. I can't wait that long for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship. When might that be, young man? In five years. Well, maybe the next pay per view. A decade. Okay. Okay. He's not even like being perceived as being in the conversation, though. Like I know he's Except up there by the commentators in every single match that he has. Look, Jr. is a little past it. I don't know what the Bobby says. <laughs> wow, that's egregious. <laughs> and we don't have graphics like we do with Britt Baker to to show me and prove to me that he is indeed up there. Yeah, she brought. It's just weird because like they're putting him on like sideshow matches instead of having him involved with Kenny Omega. Like they're doing this whole thing with John Moxley, like, and he's not even remotely involved in that. They they have no correlation whatsoever. I get at some point he's going to take the belt off somebody. I get that he's going to get the title eventually. It's just weird because he's nowhere near the title picture, like not even in the, the the TNT championship picture. If they put him on that for at least a couple months, I'd be okay with it because it gives him something to do until we get to that point. Like they always do with the United States title and the intercontinental title. They give them a moment to be off to the sidelines and do whatever they want with that title. But they're like, they're putting him in just goofy matches, except for, you know, I won't say this one was goofy, but they're putting with the dark order and stuff like that. It's just like, if he's the next guy, they're not really treating him like he's the next guy to me. Essentially, Tony Khan is treating Hangman Page like Nickelback. Someday, <laughs> somehow, going to make it all right, but not right now. <laughs> Just telling him to look at this photograph of Kenny Omega and say, this isn't you. This is not you, even though you got more charisma. Um, 
Mr. McCarthy. Hmm. Mr. McCarthy. What's up? Come on. Huh? We know you want to yell at us. Come on. Only a little bit. It's fine. It's all right. Th- then do it. Yeah. Bring it on. We, we got a show to do. We got to produce. How can you say the kid of Omega has no charisma? Just because he doesn't cut the best promos in the world? Have you seen the man wrestle? Have you seen him wrestle? Does Lance Storm have this is egregious. Hey, me and Paige and Kenny Omega have the same level of mic skills. Say that again, please. And they have different Say that again, please. styles of charisma. Hangman Page is no better than Kenny Omega on the microphone. You want to know who the top stars of the microphone are in that company? Max, Maxwell Jacob Friedman and Chris Jericho. And Cody Rhodes. These are all still guys learning how to do this. Yeah, it's been two years, but they don't have the machine behind them to make them fail. We, we have a comment that Saying says that Ronnie Garvin is a better world champion than no Kenny. charisma is egregious. Oops. Who made that comment, yeah, man? I just lowered my seat, so I have to look. Chris Vincent says that Ronnie Garvin was, is a, was a world better world champion than Kenny Omega. Rugged Ronnie Garvin, hands it down. I had the battle in two months. Mr. McCarthy, I would like your direct response to Mr. Vincent on that. Uh, my direct response is going to be um, everyone that hates on Kenny Omega is just a WWE stand at this point because he's amazing in the ring. Yes. They, I, I don't understand the <laughs> hatred for Kenny Omega. What do you I don't understand on? it. And if you're if if everyone on this messenger and comments mm-hmm. are going to say it's because he wrestled a broomstick and a blow-up doll, guess what? That was New Japan's idea, not his. Well, he no didn't break that, that match. He was told to do it. Yeah, no and then I'm going to ask all of you guys to check your morals at the door and stop adoring people that literally crap on everyone else and do terrible things. Uh, well, I, I mean, no one's brought up the, the except you, the, the blow-up doll and the broomstick today. Because that's the only thing that people ever say. That's the only problem anybody ever has with Kenny Omega. He wrestled a broomstick and a blow-up doll 10 years ago. Oh, my God. He's destroying wrestling. I just don't think he's that entertaining. Oh, my God. He's a good wrestler, but I don't think he's that entertaining. Yeah, Napper said that's that's not his reason. Napper said it's not his reason. Because you've been desensitized by the WWE product. Well, I mean, yeah. But is he that much better than AJ Styles? Nope. Never said he was better than AJ Styles. Right. I'm just asking. Like, he probably would. Probably. <laughs> uh, if you're a wrestler and you don't think you're better than everybody else, what are you even doing? You fair. should think Being... you're the best because you need to portray that you think you're the best. I was gonna try to name an the wrestler. And why does everybody like every promo he cuts? Everybody thinks it's his gospel, and that's what he's really saying. AJ Styles can say the same thing, and everybody go, like, oh, "It's just a promo." Kayfabe's still alive. It's because he MJF just looks like that K-Fabe kind of guy alive all the time. Yeah, AJ Styles is just more likable. It's Alex like Riddle. It's like Matt Riddle. Matt Riddle, Riddle just Omega. looks like he's that kind of guy. <laughs> like man, that's Alex probably what Omega it. say things. You guys take it as gospel, and that's who they really are. 
when they're playing characters, but when okay. MJF does it on Twitter and everywhere else he goes, oh, he's just keeping it kayfabe. Make Shut up. up your mind. Shut up. Hey, I hey, I criticized <laughs> MJF when he gave that kid the finger. I thought that was too far. Yeah. But you still gave him credit for keeping it kayfabe, which is fine because that's great. He kept it kayfabe. Sure, but you okay, didn't go, oh, this must be the type of person that he is, like everybody seems to do with Kenny Omega. Actually, I'm starting to think MJF might just be kind of crappy. <laughs> <laughs> if you got to rip off his head, you might be crappy. <laughs> I mean, he, the thought was in his head, so maybe he isn't he the like, nice. Let me just give this guy the figure. <laughs> just saying. I like kayfabe. Um, I miss it. I miss it dearly. Uh, like, nobody takes anything Chris Jericho says it's gospel. Sure, we like Chris Jericho. I mean, I do take it to gospel that he thinks he's the rock, uh, Ayatollah rock and roller. Yeah. He is the Ayatollah of rock and roller. And so the see, it's gospel. And still laid champion. And he gave us lovely, lovely pegs of information, like a little bit of the bubbly. Like, I also believe and, it's gospel that he thinks he's a less sex god. I mean... He probably does believe that. I, you should believe He probably does. Dynamite and everything you do in this life. Everything and he does want people to please shut the hell up. Yeah, or they're going to make the list. list. I, and then she really was a bottom-feeding trash bag. Um, one of Santa's favorite people. Um, so let's move on here to... to yes, please. To... Uh, Penta got a W over Trent. Uh, it's a question mark now. Trent. Uh, Trent? Uh, I don't know. How do you say that now? It's still Trent. <laughs> Why is there a question mark? Because he's ridiculous. I mean, he's great in the ring, but I mean, come on. You can tell his personality. He'd fit in great on this show. He probably, he probably would. Like if he wasn't working for AEW, he would have a whole lot of fun with us. Yep, we'd be best friends. We would be best friends, and I'd say if he ever heard of us, even if he did work for AEW, we'd be best friends because this is a guy that brought his mom into pro wrestling. He's with got, a van. He's got a point there. <laughs> and if you don't have a little bit of jackass in you, you're not doing that. Well, look, I have a ton of jackass in me. I have, a, I, I'll have you know, I, I am, I am one hundred percent grade A jackass. Uh, all right, what do you think of this match, Mister McCarthy? And somehow try not to mention Kenny Omega. I thought it was great. I only bring him up when it's a, it's time to bring him up. You naysayers on the interwebs, but this match was great. I can't wait to see more of Penta El Zero and Trent. Um, but I don't, I don't think the distraction was really needed. I think it took away from the matchup a little bit. Like, I like his heel manager. His name is not off the tip of my tongue right now. But I thought the match was good. And the only bigger things can come from this, this rivalry. But um, Death Triangle is going to need to get a lady to take on the resident alien Chris Statlander. Just a couple of comments I want to get to. Um, uh, uh, Chris Vincent said that Kenny Omega is boring. Uh, Kenny Omega was a better baby face in AEW than he is a heel. He also says he hates WWE. Uh, Dwayne says Austin Aries would beat the brakes off Kenny Omega. I'd like to see that. I sure would like to see that. That'd be a great match. Yeah, it would. Uh, you know, 
Uh, Christopher Brown says Omega equals a wannabe Austin Aries when it comes to belt collecting. Uh, any 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 response to that uh, Omega love? Um, the first belt collector was Lance freaking Storm, who held three titles in WCW. So can we stop acting like this was original idea when Austin Aries did it? Well, we just like Austin Aries a little bit. Um, Do we? No, like Lance Storm did this twenty years ago. <laughs> I was gonna say like, I don't think anybody does thing. at this point. Yeah, he's not like he's a horrible guy, but he's just kind of a jerk, prick. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, long live Rocket Ronnie Garvin. Yes. Um, okay, the inner circle appeared. Uh, Chris Jericho with his boys back in black. Uh, he hit the sack, and then he let you know he was glad to be back. So, Mister uh, McCarthy. Yeah, I've let you talk enough. Mr. Napper, uh, what do you think of the Inner Circles promo getting us all hyped for blood and guts? I uh, did exactly what it needed to. I was very, you know, I'm not shocked, obviously. Chris Jericho is very good on the mic. We've all, Jericho, we've all established that, yes. Chris Jericho is Jason's second favorite wrestler. <laughs> no, he's the first favorite wrestler. I just feel I have to defend Kenny Omega from all you haters. The way I used to have to defend Chris Jericho 15 years ago. Why? What's he got on you? No, he is the greatest wrestler of all time. That's what he's got on me, sir. Did you, did you forget to put some of that stuff on OnlyFans and he got a hold of it? OnlyFans wasn't a thing when I was defending Chris Jericho, sir. I'm talking about Kenny Omega, though. That was 70 years oh, ago. I would neither confirm nor deny that assumption, sir. I love you guys. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, that was a long time ago. Long time ago. No, but this 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 promo did exactly what it was supposed to do. It got me excited. I was already excited for Blood and Guts. I think anybody should be. I think it's going to be a great match. I'm looking forward to seeing how they adapt the concept to their own you know company and everything like that. Um, but you know, it's Chris Jericho, and it's one of his one of his good promos that he's cut. And I was very, very impressed with it. Love the way he ended it. Hopefully, I don't know if they have a soul, but they ain't going to have a keister. They ain't going to have a keister because Inner Circle is about to take them down. All right, Mr. McCarthy, what do you think of this promo by your second favorite wrestler? My first favorite wrestler, sir. I have all his books. Anyway, I thought this was Kevin Collins. Thank you for watching. As good as the one two weeks ago, and this was shows how good Chris Jericho is. Because the one thing I could always say that was missing in his game was really his face promos. Back in WWE, his best face promos were really making fun of Stephanie. Let's just all be honest here. I loved the man, but those were his best promos when he was making fun of people. And those were few and far between as a face. He always killed it as a heel. Now in AEW, he's proven that he's just as good on the microphone as a face or a heel. It doesn't matter. You give that man the microphone and it's going to be amazing. And I was already hyped because I already bought tickets, but now I can't wait. I can't wait to drive 12 hours there and 12 hours back to watch Blood and Guts, which, by the way, will be the first time I have ever seen Chris Jericho wrestle. Now I have seen him get hit in the face with the Intercontinental Championship by China live and in person, and I saw Kane throw him through a window live and in person, but he was never booked to wrestle when I went. 
So that has me even more hyped about blood and guts and, and the blood of the guts. What, I know you're excited to see what match they put Kenny Omega in. I hear the rumor is it's a one match show. One match show. And I would not complain if Kenny Omega wrestled because Two he's hours. a star. One man show. Two hours. I don't know, man. I don't that's know. That's just the that. rumor going around. I don't, I don't know. know about that. That's that that's seems a little long. That seems like a bad idea. A little long? <laughs> yeah. He's got a, a little long? Oh, he got a little long. I was thinking like it'd be like the whole second hour. Like they they fit two war games into one pay per view. <laughs> You're gonna fit an entire match into one two hour show. I hope Tully, I hope Tully's getting his wind sprints in. She's gonna have to be ready to go. Jeez, He's gonna have to throw it back to the olden days. Uh, look, I, I enjoyed this promo. Look, uh, I'm busting McCarthy's chops a whole lot today because he's being rude to me, and. But absolutely, Jericho is is a ma- magician on the mic. Always has been, probably always will be. He simply hasn't lost his touch there whatsoever. Yeah, if you weren't hyped by the end of that promo where he was getting so intense, once again, check your engine, give it a little gas. Um, look, I'm ready to see this matchup. Absolutely. This is going to do the biggest numbers AEW's ever done by far. This, I predict, based on the recent... Today's Raw demo. We'll see what happens. But based on today's Raw demo, this is going to be the week where, uh, on May 5th, is going to be the week where AEW tops Raw in the 18-49 to 49 demo. We'll see. Maybe they bring an extra heavy Monday show. Might, might call in the legends, brother. Who knows? But as it stands, I truly believe this is going to be where AEW tops Raw in that 18-49 to 49 demo. Uh, this is going hey, to I'm going to make sure Jason wastes electricity and turns on my TV and turns it on for no reason. Didn't hear you. Go ahead. Oh, I said, I'm going to be ridiculous, and I'm going to have Jason, right before show starts, I'm going to call him, and I'm going to go turn on the TV and turn it on TNT just to up the ratings even more. I know it's only one, but it's there. That's egregious. Yeah, that's that is egregious. You're right, but it's going to happen. Egregious. And also cheating. How is it cheating? Buster might be in the room. Uh, He got me there. Buster might be in the room. (laughs) That's true. Buster likes TV. Hi, Buster. (laughs) Hello, Buster. Um, Yeah, I enjoyed it. All right. QT Marshall defeated Billy Gunn. Boy, Billy Gunn still got it at this this ever-advanced age. He looks damn good, doesn't he? Uh, McCarthy, there's hope for you yet. Well, I mean, he's only getting older. I mean, he's already 91. But, yes, there's always hope. Well, as you The Factory versus the Nightmare Family, this all continues. What would you think of this match, Mr. McCarthy? I thought the match was really good. I only got to see the second half because, you know, Buster had to go to the bathroom and Jason wouldn't take him. So tall Jason had to take him but i thought the finish was great and you're right dude like billy gunn is still got it to this day and i think it speaks volumes for not only after everything he's been through with substance abuse and injury history that he can still go at this age and that just tells me that it's the sky's the limit for his kids faux show 
I agree. What are your thoughts, Mr. Knapp? I thought it was a good match. I really did. Um, I still kind of want to see where this whole factory thing is going, but I thought that it was a good continued introduction into it. Um, and, you know, it, it's nice because we get to see Q, QT Marshall again. We haven't kind of really seen him in action since they kind of brought this whole thing together. So I think it was a good moment to have him come out, start out this whole thing for the most part, and continue to build on this brand. You can't build on this without him. So it was nice to see him get involved in this whole thing. And, you know, I'm curious. Again, like I said, I'm curious to see where this goes. I really – I'm invested in it still. So that's a good thing. I just (sighs) – Uh, two hours, two hours. Can we put these guys in there too? Like, is is that what we're doing? Like, I wouldn't be okay with that. Two hours. Two hours. Like I said, I want to see Arn drop a slime bust on somebody. <laughs> damn it! Where the hell is Cody? Uh, where is Cody? Is he busy? Yeah. Reality show. Is that what's going on here, McCarthy? Going all Hollywood on us? Or being a dad? Soon to be dad. Good talk, McCarthy. Good talk. McCarthy. I think he froze. Okay. All right. In that case, Christian Cage defeated Powerhouse Hobbs. Um, I enjoyed this match. Uh, Christian is shaking off the ring rust. I thought it was a good showing for Powerhouse Hobbs. If anything, I'd have gone and, and pulled the upset. You know, some of these young guys need this, you know, these upset wins. And I, I would have, I know we're trying to kind of reestablish Christian Cage, but I think Powerhouse Hobbs kind of needs it more, to be honest with you. Again, we got to we have to establish these young guys as people that can that that can you know be be established as stars. So I really think uh, they made the wrong call having Christian win, but I knew it was going to happen. So we'll, we'll see how that all pans out. Uh, again, working through some technical difficulties. Uh, Napper, what were your thoughts on this match? Yeah, I was in the same boat. I, I know they're trying to work up Christian to kind of make him look legit. Like, yeah, he's the next AEW world champion. <laughs> um, but at the same time, like, we, we've never really built up Powerhouse Hobbs. We, we really haven't. And as a member of Team Taz, that kind of surprises me because, you know, you have Ricky Starks who they've – Pretty well built up. Obviously, Brian Cage has been overly well booked. But Hobbs has kind of been that guy that's in the background that you don't really pay too much attention to except for, you know, just looking at him and going, holy crap, that guy's huge and kick my ass. But other than that, he's not really been presented. He's just been kind of the muscle in the back. He's not really been that involved. So it, it was nice to, first of all, see him in a match and see him involved in some sort of, I guess, match. But I, I feel like he really did need this. Christian Cage doesn't need to be built up that much right now. We've talked about Hangman Page being the next world champion potential. We talked about, you know, John Moxley's in this program with Kenny Omega. Why does Christian Cage need to be built up? Like, obviously, yeah, he's the outwork everybody guy, but does he really need, like, if you're going to have him be, yeah, if you're going to have him outwork everybody, start small. This was not starting small to me. This was, uh, let's jump to the head of the line, even though I know we haven't booked Powerhouse Hobbs that much, but you in, 
storyline had him beat or had him beat by Christian Cage. Yeah, like, I, uh, I, uh, I don't quite. It was the obvious decision, but again, these young guys, these young guys need some. They need a little push. We we have to. We know who Christian Cage is. He's a he's a, he is a legend. Um, he's going to be a WWE Hall of Famer someday, and he's a big pickup for AEW. Maybe not the pickup that he was kind of hyped as, but there's no denying his credentials. He's got tons of it. Uh, Mr. McCarthy, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you now. I don't know what the hell happened. Beautiful, beautiful. Good to see you. I didn't say anything bad about Kenny Omega for those few minutes. Um, I did. What, Liar! I don't believe you. This match. Uh, what did you think of this match? Did the right guy win? I I liked the match, but I'm I'm on the same tip as you guys, man. I I don't think Christian needed this win because and because first of all, like yeah, his slogan is outwork everyone. You don't have to outwork everyone and win. You can outwork people and still lose. It's professional wrestling. Like I I think this would have done so much more. For powerhouse Hobbs. Now, was he happy to do it? Of course he was. He's a true professional. Will Hobbs will go out there and do whatever they ask him to. But it doesn't change the fact that Christian should have lost this match. He should have taken something devastating from Will Hobbs and taken the L. Doesn't mean he needs to go on a losing streak. But it's a nice little rub for Will Hobbs because the question is now where is Will Hobbs go? Yep. Yeah, who's gonna put him? Who's gonna put him over? Might be the only thing. Like we at least on all day. Brian Cage is like there already. Like we don't agree with some of the losses he's taken, but no one ever forgets the Swolverine Brian Cage. But now, like Travis said, Will Hobbs goes back into the background of Team Taz. It's like the casual fan probably knows more about Hook than Will Hobbs right now. And that's a, egregious. Yeah. And, and you consider the fact that that you know again there's a there's a pedigree there that you are you already have. It's not there with Hobbs. Again, we we know Christian Cage. We we know what he can do. We know who he is. It doesn't take that much to legitimize him when you have his history in not only in WWE but TNA slash Impact as well. There's, there's a lot there to work with. And I, I know, like, whenever he first came to the company, we had that discussion, like, is he really that big of a get? Is he really that big of a surprise and stuff like that? Because, you know, they touted this up, like, it was some huge signing and stuff like that. And we kind of poo-pooed on it a little bit, or at least you and I did, yeah. just a little bit, just because, of the, you know. Part of the game with notes. Yeah, it was Christian and stuff like notes. that. but. That was never to take away from his ability in the ring. I will never take away from Christian's ability in the ring. So, like, that's where we kind of have to draw the line is why we know how good he is in the ring, clearly. Obviously, the outwork everyone gimmick is or not gimmick, but the slogan is true. He outworks everybody. Like like McCarthy said, though, you look back at um, Undertaker versus uh, Triple H, the first time, one at WrestleMania, the first time. 17 or 27. I think 27. Um, I would argue that Triple H outworked Undertaker. Who won the match, though? Undertaker. But in this case, you you it really can be both. It can be the flip side. As lo- or, or, Actually, no, uh, that was right. That was the point I was trying to go with. Triple H lost the match, but he still outworked Undertaker. Because 
Undertaker didn't get didn't get up under his own power. Triple H did. You can tell that same kind of story here. Now I'm not saying go to that length, right. but you can tell that same kind of story here where Christian gives him everything he has to try to beat him, but Hobbs goes over. Yeah, I don't know why they why they didn't, but we'll see what the future holds for both Christian and Hobbs. All right, let's hit some NXT high spots. All right, Kyle O'Reilly defeated Cameron Grimes. Mr. Napper, what did you think of this match? This match was awesome. I was very, I was very both pleased and imp- and shocked. I was going to say impressed. I was both, but I was shocked because I haven't really seen these two together before, at least that I can really remember. Um, and if that's the case and they have not had that many matches together, and I do not believe that they have, they have incredible chemistry together. And I was very impressed with this match. And I want to see what they can do with it because I think Cameron Grimes deserves to be put back into the spotlight. I'm not saying he should be a world champion uh, contender, you know, any of that sort of stuff. I really don't think he's going to go anywhere with the North American title because I think they're kind of sold on Gargano and Dexter Loomis right now. But it is nice that he's at least getting some moment back on the show, getting some matches under his belt. You know, he didn't... it's kind of that same thing. Did he outwork Kyle O'Reilly? Nah, not really, but it was just a good moment to get him back on TV. Uh, it is kind of weird for me, though, that they put him against Kyle O'Reilly, who just came off probably the best match of his career. It, it does kind of feel cheap that they kind of pushed him to that side and made him the cannon fodder for Kyle O'Reilly. But at the same time, it didn't matter because they put on a great show, and Cameron Grimes, even though he lost, got himself over. We just found the word of the day in that in that explanation, cannon fodder. That's pretty big league <laughs> right there. Mr. McCarthy, did you get a chance to watch it in XT or no? Yeah, I watched some of it. I did saw this see, one. Did you see this main event? Yeah. I thought this match was great. It shows that Cameron Grimes can really hang with almost anybody at this point, and I don't think any of us could have said that six months ago. He has grown leaps and bounds from where he was six, eight months to a year ago. Yeah, really to the moon. To the moon! I'm, why is that so catchy? I don't, I don't know. It's just it. the way he says it. <laughs> <laughs> to the moon! <laughs> it's, it's, the, it's the slow pauses after it. To the moon. Yeah, it's just a good chant. Like, to the moon. To the moon. Maybe that's it. I don't know. Yeah, you, I could see it. You didn't see this, though, right? Right. You missed a really funny backstage promo with him. Um, he's trying to buy, like, in, in, what's an NFT? I have no idea. I have no idea either. Like, uh, they talked about it during media. I have no clue what an NFT is, but apparently Cameron Grimes tried to buy one. He got outbid by Ted DiBiase. So maybe, just maybe, at the next takeover, we're going to get Cameron Grimes versus Ted DiBiase. I don't think we need to. Junior or senior? Huh? Junior or senior outbid him. Uh, They didn't say, which was the weird part. How could they not say? They didn't. I don't know, but I was like. In that case, I'm going to easily assume it's senior. Yeah, I I was going to, too. Because they just said Ted DiBiase, so I assume it's senior. But I wouldn't be upset if it was junior. Like, I'd love to see him come back. So, 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 a non-fungible token 
is a unit of data stored on a digital ledger called a blockchain that certifies a digital asset to be unique and therefore not interchangeable. NFTs can be used to represent items such as photos, videos, audio, and other types of digital files. So I still don't know what one is. <laughs> I just read the definition. In a word. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's some sort of, some form of copyright to one thing. This is mine like forever. Like a picture or video, no. like yeah. Yeah. I kinda something. get it. I don't I guess. <laughs> I don't get it either. I don't get it. I, I feel like I do, so I'm going to say that I do so I sound smart. But if it gets Ted DiBiase, the one that matters, uh, on TV, uh, then Ouch. I'm happy. Then I am quite happy. Ted DiBiase Jr., I don't care about you. Um, I Is that because nobody had a price for Jr., but everybody had a price for the million-dollar man? Yes. Look, we can all we can all be bought. Some might cost a little. <laughs> Some might I can't be lot. bought, but I can be rented. And you can find out for how much on the Jason McCarthy <laughs> OnlyFans page. Uh, we're not we're not privy to give those that information out here on the air. But you can go check out yeah check check out BruiserNationsProductions.com, which should have a uh, link to that particular page. You can find out how much it takes to rent Mac Daddy Minister McCarthy for the night. He does all sorts of lovely, lovely um, role okay, plays. Okay, I think we've gone too far. <laughs> <laughs> just going to say it. I think I, we've gone too far. How did we just mix all that in and minister services? just anything egregious. <laughs> Jesus. What did uh, you say, Jason? I said, how did we get all that in and then just slide in minister services? Because... Because uh, you assumed the worst. Good Lord, I wouldn't. I mean, I'm not impact. I'm not going to prostitute anybody here on air. Lord. <laughs> I had a thought, but I can't say it. I, I just cannot. I'll, I'll say it later. That's goodness. I would never. Um. <laughs> okay, NXT Cruiserweight Champion Kushida defeated only Lorcan on. Uh, what'd you make of this match, Mr. McCarthy? We plugged you enough, so go ahead. Nice, uh, hard-hitting match from Oni Lorcan and Kushida, man. Like, I think this is why they gave the belt to Kushida. Like, I don't know why they couldn't have done this with El Phantasma, but I think... Kushida kind of fits more of a every style guy. And I think this is what opened up a match with One Lorcan. I, I think that's in itself why why they did this with Kushida, because you just said it. Santos Escobar, no no dis, disrespect to him, but he's more the Lucha Libre kind of guy. He's not he's the high flying, you know, cru- he's the true cruiserweight. Or, I don't want to say not true cruiserweight, but he's the flippy guy, for lack of a better word. But with Kushida, he's kind of a mixture of both. And maybe it's just because we haven't seen it out of Santos Escobar, and that's totally fair. And maybe he will find that, and we'll see it more out of him. But if you look back at a lot of his matches, he is kind of that Lucha Libre kind of flippy kind of guy. Where Kushida is more of a... He can do the acrobatic moves and can do the high-flying moves and all that stuff, but he is more of a kind of ground-and-pound physical 
striker. He's definitely uh, labeled as a good striker, so that's kind of the point. Maybe they just felt like he's the kind of guy that can get more of a well-rounded match out of everybody, and it's totally fair because I think Kushida is that kind of guy. I still don't necessarily like the way they went about this, but I will say I agree with Jason that I do think this match was pretty great. I'm in, I'm excited to see more of it. It looks like this is going to probably be everyone's doing open challenges again. What the heck? <laughs> we'll, get to, we'll get to another open challenge uh, here in just a minute. But before we close, we got to finish off NXT. How you say that damn name, late on me? I didn't get a chance to watch this episode, as you know. I think it's Sarai. 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 Is it Sarai or Sarai? I don't know. I think it's Sarai. Sarai. It might be Sarai. Zoe Stark, what do you think of this matchup, my good friend? Continues to prove to me why NXT has probably one of the better women's divisions in not only WWE, but in wrestling. Because they continue to add incredible talent onto their roster and have incredible matches. And give Zoe Stark all the credit in the world. She hasn't been there, what, probably three months? Mm -hmm. And she's become one of the top stars in the division already. And they're giving her matches like this. And, you know, I'm sure she was extremely excited to get this match because of all the people they can put against Sarai and they choose her who just got there to have a high-profile match against a new up-and-comer. Both of them did very, very well. They got each other over, which is the main point in all of this. They they hammered home the debut of Sarai, and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it immensely. Look, I, I, again, I didn't get a chance to get an eye on this, but I, but I was looking forward to her debut, and I look forward to catching this match. Uh, Mr. McCarthy, did you get a chance to check this one out? Yeah, this I 100% agree with Travis. This is a great introduction to Saray. Zoe Stark grows each and every time she's on the television. And I got to agree with his statement that they very, NXT very well may have the best women's division in wrestling. And I think a big part of that is William Regal because he scouts a lot of the talent. He, and we all know the eye for talent that William Regal has. Yeah, You can't be that good and not know talent when you see it that's why i think it's gonna be it's gonna be real bittersweet when daniel bryan does retire but he he's gonna be a william regal type behind the scenes he's gonna be doing scouting he's gonna help coach people he's he's that kind of a wrestler and and that and that means mccarthy and i think we can all agree on this that the future is very very bright if that, uh, we got a lot to look forward to over the next coming years. I know things seem a little bleak at the moment, but there's a lot of great talent coming up. He's retiring for realsies for realsies this time? I'm, I mean, when he does no, eventually. No, he's retiring for realsies. Nobody in wrestling retires for realsies. I just, I just had to make the joke. Okay. Thank you, Terry Funk, for starting all this. Um <laughs> All right, we want to take a second. We want to plug Heel Turn Wrestling. We want to tell you about it. You want to make sure check out Heel Turn Wrestling right here on Facebook Live. Give them a like. Give them a share. Check out Billy Alexander hosting the Franchise Takes Five podcast each and every week. You want to make sure. Check out Al- Alcoholic Adam. That sounds like my kind of guy. And, of course, check out Big Stevie C hosting Heel and Face podcast each and every Sunday. Uh, you want to check it all out. Give us a like. Give us a share. Plenty of great content. And, and you know, look, I think we're pretty damn good, but there's some great content on this channel. And, yes, always check us out, 5 to 8, 
each and every Tuesday where we push thy limits as far as they can go to the moon. Um, and we like to do it. We like to do it. Check out Heel Turn Wrestling's Pro Wrestling. Pro Wrestling T-Store. Again, you can get merch from Heel and Face Podcast, Billy Alexander, and Alcoholic Adam as well. And I'm sure at some point or another, we will have a design on there. The more you buy, the more we can upload. Join us. Join the dock side. Oh. All righty. Uh, I was muted. I didn't get to do it. No. Well, try to Join the dock side. That was, that was really good. Uh, alrighty, now it's time to put one in. Put one in. It's time to put a catheter in, boys, because it's time to talk Monday Night Raw. How was that? That was pretty good. I can't wait to make a graphic for that. Just to have like a have the word catheter show like run across the screen. Yep. Monday Night Raw, pal. What'd you think of that, Mr. McCarthy? Was that a solid Vince or? Yeah, that was a pretty good Vince, buddy. Appreciate it, pal. All right. Let's talk about it. Braun Strowman defeated Drew McIntyre, which means he's now going to be at WrestleMania Backlash. The WWE Championship match is now a triple threat. That's right. A trios match, as they call it in those sophisticated companies. Um, And it's going to be for the WWE Championship, Braun Strowman versus Drew McIntyre versus Bobby Lashley. Mr. Knapper, I'm going to start with you on this one. What do you think? Is Braun Strowman added as now a triple threat? The right call, lay it on me. Yeah, it is, unfortunately. Yeah, that had enthusiasm behind it. You, well, it's, it's a good move because I know what they want to do, but it sucks because it's just going to continue the long litany of times they have completely screwed Braun over. Well, wait a minute, we don't know what they're going to do. <laughs> because Vince doesn't know what he's going Gee, to do. Gee, I wonder why we included Daniel Bryan into the triple threat at WrestleMania. Hmm. Well, he didn't take well, to be fair, Roman beat them both. And that yeah, is true. That is true. But so uh, leading up. No, apologize. You were wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize. But I guarantee this is what's going to happen this time. You can't guarantee it when he doesn't even know yet. You think Vince knows? I have multiple personality syndrome, too. I know exactly what's going to happen. We'll see, pal. I don't know. Can you not tell by all the voices in my head? Can you say, uh, Grizzled? When I talk to you, do do you understand? What did you say, Jason? I said, do they talk to you? Do you understand? Sometimes. Except when Macho Man starts talking, I don't. There's a couple you never times know he, what he's saying. No, I don't. Well, could you uh, give me a Grizzly Gun veteran to recognize real quick? Uh, yeah, because they had a match, and they are the Grizzled Young Veterans, soon to be recognized <laughs> as NXT's <laughs> next tag team champions. I'd like that part better. The first part's. Eh. But I like this scene to be recognized. Yeah, you got that part. Not down I can't pat, wait buddy. until they are recognized, damn it. Recognized? All right, we just threw it back to the 90s. That was a long time ago, McCarthy. I know you came up in the 40s, but... <laughs> um. All right, Mr. McCarthy, what do you think? It's now a triple threat match at WrestleMania Backlash. Napper seems like he knows the answer when I don't think the guy that runs the company 
owns the answer. No, not Satan, just his particular henchman, Vince McMahon. What do you think, Mr. McCarthy? Um, I mean, Vince loves his triple threat matches, so I'm really yeah. not surprised. It's I don't think it's that big of a deal, but I'm going to go out on a limb. Braun Strowman's going to win, and Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre are going to have a last man standing match at Money in the Bank so they can finally stop wrestling each other. Not that I mind. Like, their match at WrestleMania was great. You sound like you mind. I mean, it's only been twice. Twice? What about last summer? They've been doing this for almost a year. Off and on and off and on and off and on. Is there no one else it's called good that deserves booking. a championship match? Look, uh, Garth That's all I'm saying. That last summer, that summer, can be a, a fantastic memory. If you catch that drift, that great, great song, uh, I'll let you know. Uh, so is that your official prediction for WrestleMania Backlash, even though we're a long ways off, kind of? Yes, Braun Strowman's taking it, taking the title home on his train. That's egregious. Um, you won't be here next week, but you will be back for the WrestleMania Backlash Go Home Show for that prediction. So I'm going to give you time to think about it because I know you don't like to be wrong, even though I prove it every week. Um, really don't care. <laughs> you damn sure should fake it. Um, so for you, I'll try to act mad next time I'm thanks. wrong. That that right. I'll, I'll work on the trash bag thing. You work on predictions. We'll get it together. Come on, team. Go team. <laughs> I should be mad. Grr. I'm need to be madder. I'm horrible. Don't uh, worry, McCarthy. I'll just say a lot of bad things about Hulk Hogan and you know Undertaker and everything else before we start the show. Um, That'll work. That'll get him real fired up. I'm Loganity, and according to Mr. McCarthy, I'm a horrible person. Uh, I never said those words. But right, they just were to his up. face. Yeah, to Ouch. his face. That's, uh, uh, what happens if the eagle stays at the eagle, Travis? Like this guy sucks. He just happens to be entertaining. Uh, he's like, if he wasn't so damn funny, we would kick his fat ass out. Um, like if he was handy, if he wasn't handicapped, we'd leave him. All right. Yeah, it's only room for one handicap on this show. He, That's it. Handicap brawl to end them all next week. Yeah, we had the battle of the Joshes, so now we can now we can have a big handicap battle. All right. Who gets down the stairs first? We are going to have the race of all races next week live on the air. Oh, <laughs> uh, we are going to get a GoPro. We'll be live. <laughs> oh, I'm going to hell for that one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, boy. Um, <laughs> can you go to hell for making fun of yourself, though? Like, is that how this works? I don't, uh, I don't, I don't think this is how this works. Here. <laughs> Look, Find out next week on To the Turnbuckle. Wait a minute, aren't you the minister? <laughs> that's what I said. As a minister, I don't think that's how this works. Okay. Um, look, there's... A lot of words being said. Uh, Braun Strowman, I, I think this Braun Strowman is championship material. Look, he's a huge guy, six foot eight, 350-some pounds. 385 is what he's built at. I don't really buy that. But I I don't – it's tough to buy Bobby Lashley's WWE champion. It's tough to buy him. Again, he's got the charisma of a broomstick. That's what MVP is 
four. Yeah, the not quite good as Paul Heyman guy, right? Right? Fair? There. That's all I'm saying. Like, yes, but there's just something that lacks the luster. Plus, uh, is, is MVP still an active wrestler? What's going on there? I have no idea. Neither do we. I don't know what they're no doing clue, in the backlash because Vince doesn't know what they're doing in wrestling in the backlash. I guarantee you he's got an idea, but he wouldn't say it's for certain. Look, he's got a lot going on. So I don't know what they're doing. I have no idea. None. None. Zilch. Zero. Not. Personally, I'd put the belt back on Drew. I think he's better in every way, shape, fashion, or form than Bobby Lashley. He's got he's got good enough mic skills. He's a good enough worker. Carry the to the the like the first part of the pandemic era. Now we're in kind of this weird second part, this kind of kind of halfway house pandemic. Uh, that's a weird uh, way of putting that. But <laughs> we're hokey pokey. Too late. We already said it. Yep. So we'll see what happens. I don't know. I, I don't know. Uh, I'm I'm interested to watch this match. I think these three could 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 steal the show. I think these three could steal the show. Strowman's getting better and better. Uh, he he really is. McIntyre, we've said nothing but praise for Lashley. We know what he can do in the ring. I think this could be a solid main event for a very much a B pay per view. Uh, you agree, man? Oh, oh, for sure. Yeah, uh, I, I think it could be. All right, next. Sonya Deville ushered in Charlotte Flair's return. That's right. That suspension lasted all of maybe one week. Um, maybe, depending on what time she got suspended on Raw. And, and Matter of fact, no, she got suspended after the show. She got over. suspended it, on it Raw lasted Talk. lasted six days and 23 hours. Um, so... What are we booking for, then? Um, this is what I'm talking about. There is no plan. There is no way they were like, all right, pal. You know what we'll do? We'll suspend Charlotte, even though we just brought her back, pal. And then we'll bring her back the next week again, pal. And then this time, though, because Adam Pierce, the stroke daddy, that's his assistant on SmackDown is what Sonya is. Where did she have the power vested in her to do it on Raw? Did a McMahon give her the go-ahead? Where did she get the clearance to even be there? We're in the middle of a pandemic. Mr. McCarthy, did you see this? I can't hear you, buddy. Maybe she's vaccinated. Well, good. So am I. Does that mean I can walk in? I mean, probably. Cool, great. I'm I'm driving to Florida for God's sake, right, so then sure. Then, I, then I'm hopping in your car. You drop me off at South Florida University there, and I'll be at the Thunderdome eating nachos and hot dogs. Well, I'm, I'm not going that camping. far. <laughs> Sorry, I'm going to Jacksonville. You can't make a pit stop. Good lord, <laughs> South Florida is not a pit stop from Jacksonville. <laughs> Look, Jacksonville's up here. Um, South Florida's over here. Nobody, all right. No one told me that, that geography'd be a part of this show. <laughs> me either. All right, Nabber, <laughs> what'd you think of this? Are you as perplexed as I am? Yeah, yeah, I am. I I very much am. 
on one hand, I love it. But on the other hand, I'm very confused. Like, I, I'm okay with the whole Sony Deville evil, you know, whatever her title is at this point, because I keep forgetting because they have so many. It seems like every single year they come I thought come she's up. like a special assistant to Adam Pierce. I thought so, too. But apparently she's an executive. That's the word I was trying to think of, but I couldn't think of it. I'm okay with her being like the evil like executive or you know the heelish executive to Adam Pierce. Cool, that's fine. But like you said, where in the blue blazes did she get the power? You know, like uh, well, great we all have the power of positivity, but where is she getting this kind of power? Like this is ridiculous. It was me all along, Pierce. <laughs> She probably would say that. She would. And like backstage, she's picking fights with Mandy, and it's like, I'm confused what's going on here. And I love that they didn't sit there and acknowledge the fact that we watched them feud for the better part of six months. Like, we know your history. You were cl- Why are we not playing into that? Oh, you're the authority figure, and I happen to be this, this good-looking blonde that we have no history. We have never wrestled before. We didn't do that. Well, they did kind of touch on a little bit with the backstage segment, but even then it was like, eh, okay. Yeah, we get it. You two still don't like each other. Like, I don't. I, I just don't understand where she got the power. Like, whatever, fine, cool, Charlotte's back. All yeah, and like that was done just strictly because at this point, I feel like they're just screwing with us with Charlotte. Like, they're, they're strictly just pulling – like putting her here, putting her there, just to kind of screw with people and see what kind of reaction they get. Because on one hand, they want her off TV because they know people are going to be like, "All oh, right, Charlotte's off TV." And then the very next time that they watch, because Charlotte's off TV, let's put her back, pal, because I, it'll get ratings. Because here's what I thought: I thought Sonya Deville was going to like come out and announce, even with Charlotte. I thought she's coming to SmackDown. Boom. You know what I mean? That's what I kind of thought. You know, since she's not welcome here on Raw. That would have been smarter. You know, she's indefinitely suspended from Raw. Not welcome here. Trader for Daniel Bryan. I'll take it. I'll take it right now. And then they did the weird apology angle with the referee, though she rolled that R big league. Um, what do you think of that referee angle, Napper? I mean, uh, it was all right. But then they continued in the match when she defeated Mandy Rose, and it's like, he said he was sorry. Jeez, leave it alone. Give me the flair I want or else. Just, just. Yeah, but that's the thing that I'm confused about. Like, on one hand, it's flair. Like, she's kind of the old flair. She's kind of this new flair. Like, I can't tell what flair she is anymore. Let's just, go, let's just call the old flair, I mean the actual old flair, and we can have more fun with this. Yeah, have her yell at him for, like, six more months. No, let him yell at her one damn time. <laughs> he will in six months, whenever she's yelled at him, like, 20 times for all the things she's done to him. When you're mucking up. Or he's done to her. When you're mucking up Charlotte Flair, you're mucking up everything. Like, she's Charlotte Flair. This should not be this convoluted. What it doesn't doing? have to be. What are we doing? McCarthy, make it make sense. Yeah, McCarthy, what's going on with Charlotte Flair? Um... They're doing the reverse Vince and Stone Cold Steve Austin storyline. Sonya Deville's not a heel. She's going to be a face. And this is all a ploy That's gonna because suck. she truly hates Charlotte Flair. I don't know. That's the best I got, man. I don't it, know. It's it's weird. 
Uh, let's talk about something that was kind of enjoyable. Uh, Randy Orton and Riddle. Uh, Team RK, bro. Look, I got to admit, fellas, he got me. He got me. I am so happy with, like, can we do this for a while? Nice little buddy action. with It's, it, it's a nice change of pace for Randy Orton. It reminds me of the Stone Cold Kurt Angle uh, you know, deal where Kurt Angle was just a real glad to be around Stone Cold. Stone Cold was not interested. Uh, like, let's just do this for a while. We never see Randy Orton not take himself so seriously. What do you think of RK Bro, Mr. McCarthy? Dude, they got me hook, line, and sinker. Yeah, it's great. Like, great. I'm not even gonna like try to pretend I'm not hooked. Like, I want to see RK Bro, like, win the tag titles, like, all that stuff. I, want I don't care what happens later, but, like, I think it's going to be good for both of them. Like, like you said, it'll give Randy a chance to show his, like, not always so serious, I'm going to punt your head off style. And then maybe, maybe the thing that bothers us the most about Riddle will stop happening all the time because we all think he's too much of a goofball. And I think it's good on their part to kind of Randy to call that crap out. Like, that makes for good TV. And this isn't like, it's a thrown together tag team, but it doesn't feel that way because they have they, they their chemistry together is ridiculous. I think I think this is just great, Mister Napper. What are your thoughts? Well, first off, it's not a it's not a thrown together tag team because they're coming together like they're they agreed to be a tag team. A lot of the tag teams we've seen recently, they've are cut, just out there. Yeah. Like they just put them together and it's like, let's do this and see if this works. Speaking of tag teams, anyone seen the milk cartons this week? I think AJ Styles and Omos got to be on them. They won the titles and haven't seen them for, I praise AJ Styles quite heavily. I think he's the best wrestler in the world. We got nothing. Nothing. One titles and take a take a vacation, pal. I I think they're too embarrassed because I think Nicholas took the tag titles off them when they weren't looking. Do we get RK Bro versus AJ and Omos? Oh God, I hope so. I hope so. That would be sweet. I hope so. Uh, no, I, I enjoy it. I I have to agree with the, you, the guys. They got me hook, line, and sinker. I love this. And this truly does prove that Randy Orton fully is invested in helping out the talent. Like anybody that thought he was pompous and you know all that, no, Randy Orton, he he enjoys this, and this is the Randy Orton I I enjoy seeing. And you know it's so cool to watch him evolve as not only like a wrestler but as as a person. This is just going to be so much fun. I really do feel like this is you couldn't ask probably I say that but there probably is a better example. Like you couldn't ask for a better guy to fit this role than Randy Orton because it's just going to like you said they have great chemistry and it's going to fit so well together. As long as they don't get merch that's, you know, like what Riddle said, the snakeskin Speedos. I'd, I'd buy one. <laughs> okay. I'd buy one. Okay. Right, you, you'll see me on a, a snakeskin Speedo so damn fast on this show. You think I'm kidding? I'll Do they it. get matching scooters? Please let them have matching scooters. Like I said, they I should want get merch. matching hoverboards. My hope. My Why hoverboards? Because those are the new thing. And it would show that, that Randy thinks of him as a friend because Randy's got more money than Matt Riddle because, scooters, well, bro? it's Randy freaking Orton. He's been around scooter, for 20 bro? years. What do you got? What do you got? 
What do you got? So he should have more money. Hey, but Riddle could have a lot more money. I hear he's he's trying to really strike a deal with RVD to have you know be business partners and everything. Yeah, absolutely. With them um, rolling papers. Yeah, great papers and all that. Um, look, I just hope my only hope is they don't blow this up too fast. Don't do a Y two. Don't do Y two AJ. Don't blow this up in three weeks. Let this go a little while. Obviously, we know where it's going to end, but let this go a pay-per-view or two. Let's make some merch, see if it gets hot. And if it gets hot, keep it even longer. You can really slow burn this if it gets hot. And you really don't need Randy to do anything else. Like This is perfect for him, especially because, you know, we all kind of felt like that Fiend match fell short. This is a good time to really... Yeah. Put him back into a spot where he can really help somebody because it didn't pan out so well with the Fiend thing. This works. It's entertaining. It's fun. And that in itself shows you just how much Randy Orton is like Teflon because a couple of weeks ago we're complaining about the Fiend match. Here he is with Riddle, and it's entertaining yeah. as hell. And it gets, and it gets, again, a nice change of pace. And he can always he can always get back to the WWE Championship picture in the second half of the year. Let's take some time and, and you know, reset Randy Orton and have kind of this fun. Again, it reminds me of Angle and Austin when they started doing those silly cowboy hats and kumbaya. Let's just look at it from a different angle and have some fun for a while. I hope that happens. All right, speaking of The Fiend, kind of, uh, Alexa Bliss explains Lily is getting restless in Alexa's playground. Um, This is another, uh, kind of, by the way, this is creepy as hell. I want, I want everybody to know that. I didn't even know what she said. Because I could not like the whole time I watched that entire segment, I was like, "Something's gonna happen. Something's gonna happen. Something's gonna happen." I've watched these videos way too many times to know that something's gonna pop out. Something's gonna try to scare me, yeah. and I don't. I'm not for that. No, 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 no. But let me ask you, Mr. McCarthy. So we've seen some theories, especially from our good buddy uh, John Sternerker, that this still ties into the Fiend. What what do you think? Is Alexa now separate from Bray? Where is Bray? What's going on there? And then what do you think of uh, these Alexa Playground and, and Lily segments? Can you hear me, young man? I think they're I think they're split, man. I think that that, that ship has sailed, and they're going to be their own kind of thing off doing their own stuff whenever the fiend decides to come back. Well, again, we see this conundrum of, of we saw Bray the night after Mania do a fire of announce, fresh start. Haven't seen him since. Uh, Napper, what are your thoughts on what's going on with Alexa Bliss and Lily and, and what's going on with Bray Wyatt, if anything? I do think it's separate, but at the same time, I feel like they're building to something with them together. Maybe it was just all I, like that's the thing that has always been a little frustrating with Bray Wyatt and a little bit exciting all at the same time is they have been very good to the entirety of when he debuted as the Fiend and you know as Bray as Funhouse Bray Wyatt. Mm-hmm. You have no clue what's going on, like none, L- literally, not not literally. Almost zero idea what's going on. Like you can take a guess, you can like they do such a good job of making you have no idea where they are going with this. And I feel like this is the same situation. I agree with you 100. You know I'm a big fiend guy. Yeah, I am. But everyone compares him to the Undertaker, and I know that's kind of what they're trying to build—the next, you know, mythical character that we, you know, 
you can rely on. The problem I look at is at this point in Taker's career, he wasn't anywhere near taking this many sabbaticals in such short order, you know, because we just got the Fiend back after a long sabbatical from TLC until Fastlane. And now, seemingly, we'll see what the future Raws bring, but seemingly, here we are again, another sabbatical till when. He is like, he's a full-time character, but he's brought Lesnar part-time. I don't, it's so perplexing. And yes, it, it makes, to some extent, it does a job because I want to see him. Fair. I get that. But do you know what do you know what I mean? Like like the Undertaker wasn't built this way. The the mythical aura wasn't built this way. Brock Lesnar did two years full time before he started hating people. Uh it just to me, I wonder when do we stop getting these stops and starts with Bray? Because we have him, then we don't have him. And like I don't know if anyone's seen the raw ratings, but they're not fantastic. Are they horrible? No. But they're nowhere near what they once were back in the heyday. And nothing is. I you know, that we have to acknowledge that too. Nothing is that big anymore because there's so much to watch in a different time and streaming. But I don't understand why this this star character, this big deal, this this guy that could be the next big legend we talk about in the in the same echelon of a cane or an undertaker or a mankind always has these stops and starts. Yes, you're right. It does create interest, and we kind of go, what the hell? But you know what I mean? Do you understand my complaints? Do you agree with them? Do you think I'm full of shiitake mushrooms? Or No, I agree with your sentiment. Um, I, I do wonder where they're going with this. I, I do think you're going to see. I don't think he's taking that long of a sabbatical. I really don't. I think at some point you're either going to see him just straight up come back and find a next target or whatever. Or we had this conversation in chat, like, is Alexa Bliss going towards something? Is she going towards Charlotte? Is she going towards Rhea? Like, she put out the threat to the women's division. Does he start showing up in the middle of that, trying to, you know, lose her matches and stuff like that? Like, there's so much to unpack with this. I think that's the problem is we, we never know where to start to unpack it. Well, I'll tell you where they ought to both head before we move on. They ought to both head towards the wrestling ring because wrestlers should wrestle. Um, that's where that should happen. Am I right, McCarthy? Yes. Yes, they ought to head. I think that's to, perfect. To the wrestling ring. All right. Uh, next on Raw, Humberto Carrillo. He's back, by the way. Uh, fires back at Sheamus. Latest open challenge. What do you think of this kind of more aggressive, Humberto? Humberto. Humberto. What do you think of this more aggressive version? Any, does it do anything for you? No. Okay. Not How about really. you, McCarthy? Any thoughts on this more aggressive version of Humberto? So I don't, it doesn't do anything for me now, but I can see the potential after a feud with Seamus because right now it's just words and like an angrier tone. Until he really gets like a legit match with Sheamus to show the toughness that he may or may not have, nothing will change. But I think that that'll change everything. If he can I, hang I, with Sheamus, I think that's going to change everything. Put him in the ring and let's see what he's got. I don't think it'll match. change anything. I really don't. I think the only thing that'll change him is if he turns heel. He is too cut and dry of a baby face. It, it, because, to the point that it almost becomes nauseating. 
I I really think that they need to realize they need to cut face with this and have him turn heel because it's so. He doesn't miss. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No go. No, I'm just saying that like because we we saw this a year ago. He was the baby face going against the big bad heels with you know Zelina and Andrade and uh, Angel Garza like. It's it doesn't work, and I, I don't. Yeah, Sheamus is a better heel, I think, to bounce off of. But is he really that good of a babyface to catch up? Vince must think so because he's trying this again. Uh, there, you know, we all know that everything. No, Vince doesn't write the show, but he approves everything. So, and for this to be tried now for the second time, about a year later, exactly. Vince or somebody sees something in him as a baby face. Could they be wrong? I have no earthly idea. You know, it's like maybe there is genius there, but it's not quite where he thinks it's at. Like we saw with the New Day. The original New Day had a little bit of genius in it, and then we got it, but not not where we're at now. So we'll see if maybe this is one of those where Vince is close, but he's not quite there, and hopefully maybe he'll turn and get him there. We'll see. I want to see a legit match, and let's see what let's see what this new Umberto or this more aggressive can do. All right, hey, hey, hop, hop, unplugged, got met with rotten reviews. This is one of those segments where people make fun of wrestling for, but I have to say this: that unplugged version wasn't bad at all. That unplugged version wasn't bad at all, people. Uh, the tomatoes was stupid as hell, but uh, that unplugged version it was bad. rotten. What do you what do you expect? So, <laughs> but. Did you like that unplugged version? I did. I uh, did enjoy that. How about you, McCarthy? Did you like the unplugged version? It was great. It was it was Riveting. fantastic. I was like, this is all right. This is all right. Forget you, David Priest New Day. This is fun. And I you know, even though the segment wasn't that great, I thought it led to a pretty good match. Like yeah. the, uh, it was what a six man match? Mm-hmm. Six man tag. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, nothing to complain about. Look, say what you want about him personally. We, we, we know what the New Day can do. We know what Elias can do. And frankly, Jackson Riker is good enough in the ring. I know we got some personal grievances because of some unpopular opinions. But Jackson Riker is good enough. The talent is there. There's talent there. Absolutely. Um, do we think that Gunner, you know, he was Gunner in Impact. Do we think that because, you know, we talked about needing Morrison and Miz to kind of separate. Does the fact that it was Elias and Riker have anything to do with them trying to split up Morrison and Miss? I hope so. Because Morrison's return has been a bit of a flop as far as the kind of guy. That he, he went on to have great success in the John Underground. Of course, he's a former Impact World Champion. Let's see what Morrison can do on his own this time in WWE. All right. Uh, WWE's return to Saudi Arabia. This, this is a rumor. Uh, reportedly very much on the table before the end of the year. Mr. Napper, do you buy that rumor? I do. I really do. Mr. McCarthy, do you buy that rumor that we probably will see another Saudi show before the end of the year? I mean, yeah. There's ah. a long time and a lot of vaccinations to happen still. But, I mean, it all ha- depends on – It. I, I say it's on the table. Yeah, the, watch the me. The chances are high. Watch me bring this around, Todd. Hopefully. Ho- hopefully we get one. I'm, they're not my favorite shows, but, I mean – there's some It'll of my show favorite that we're shows. back to normal if they can go to Saudi Arabia. There's some of my favorite shows. So I thought it would be interesting because there was there's a man, you know, he's using his first name a lot these days, his real name, Mark Calloway, but he's known as The Undertaker, all of us. He had a sit-down with Sports Illustrated right after WrestleMania 37. 
Yeah, I thought some interesting quotes. This is The Undertaker on, on Missing WrestleMania 37. I'm going to read it here. I was fine all the way until the first Ballyhoo of fireworks. Fortunately, I was home, which made it a little easier. But going through the show and watching, I kept thinking to myself, you should be there. Hmm, I, I felt the same. Now, uh, th- I want to be fair. Let me get the full quotes here. I had to work through that. It's a little difficult once WrestleMania starts. I started second-guessing myself. So much of my history revolves around WrestleMania. There was a bit of an emotional tug at the heartstrings watching this year, but it's time for me to step aside and let the next generation have the reins and go where they're going to go. About halfway through the night with AJ, I knew that was it for me, Undertaker said. It became really obvious throughout the course of the night I can no longer physically do the things the way I want to do them, and I refuse to ever shortcut our fans. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know if you watched the last ride series, but he spent like the whole series saying that. And then getting back in the ring. Am I right, Napper? Um, does this make you feel it's more likely or less likely that he's going to wrestle again? A quick yay or nay because we're running short on time. I'll start with you, McCarthy. I think nay, man. As much as I want to see it, I don't think he will. How about you, Mr. Napper? I agree, nay. I think it does the opposite. The fact that you, because when he felt that tug at 35, he got back in there. You know, they let him off the card, and it was kind of thought, all right, I'll just kind of quietly step aside. We'll see if I get back in the ring. He felt that tug of 35, according to the last ride, it was similar. He was like, "What? why am I not out there? It just, these guys are hooked on it. And I think with a Saudi show, and we know the, the, the prince loves him, I don't know it'll be the next Saudi show or the one after that, but I just think at some point, especially because it's a little easier to say goodbye right now. There's no one... No fans involved. But when we get back to a normal world, say Dallas, Texas next year, that buzz starts to get, that itch starts to get there. And, you know. He'll be in Dallas. I, I do believe yeah, that. I, I just, when you're still having this much trouble with it, where you, where you know, where you know you're washed, you are washed physically, you are beat, and you sit there and you go, I ought to be there. Can't let it go. It's if Vince doesn't call, you're right. He won't wrestle again. But this this does prove one thing, right? If Vince calls and said, "Hey, WrestleMania, one more," there's no way he can say no. Agree with that? Probably not. Yeah, Do you agree with that, McCarthy? Not that he'll ever ask for a match, but if Vince were to call after these quotes right here, don't you think he'd have a hard time going? Oh God. I, I think he'd have a hard time saying yeah, no, he would. say no. <laughs> and you know who loves him? The Saudi prince loves him. And they help book the shows because now that is moral corruption. Take your trash bags and raise you blood money. <laughs> Shoot him up, big man. I'll see you soon. With that, Mr. McCarthy... <laughs> Yeah, let's end the show on blood money. Yeah, Mr. McCarthy. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Go ahead and make some plugs. Don't forget to check out the Bruce Coos Podcast, the only podcast that brings you pro wrestling for your ears every Thursday, 1 o'clock, Anchor, Spotify, YouTube, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast. Check out com for links to all our content and our merch. And... Make sure you watch Dynamite next week, May 5th, and tomorrow, too. Maybe, maybe you'll see this face 
on your television screens and the crowd going stupid crazy. Maybe just maybe. He's going to run out on onto the uh, into the ring. I'm not that stupid. <laughs> no. You didn't no. let me finish. He's going to try to run out the ring and get a walls of Jericho put on him. No. No. It's not worth it to whoop my ass. <laughs> yeah, Undertaker keeps saying the same thing. Um, and yet that never works out. <laughs> um Mr. Napper, anything you'd like to plug as we say goodbye? Uh, check out the Red Flag Podcast. If you're an NASCAR fan, you know you want to check out this show. Check it every Monday on uh, our Facebook page, uh, the Red Flag Podcast, or uh, on Score on Air Network. We've cross-posted them some most times. Um, fi- uh, Mondays, 5 to 6. And, ladies and gentlemen, it's time to bring it home. And as you know, I, I do love this man known as The Undertaker. And just, just, just remember, he said, I kept thinking to myself, you should be there. It's a drug, people. It's a drug. Like I said, Saudi show, mania. I got a feeling one more is going to take place because retirements, they just don't last in professional wrestling. Even McCarthy got back in the ring. With that, we <laughs> shall true. see. If the Undertaker ever laces them up one more time, I'll tell you one thing. Saudi show means Goldberg's going to do some damage to someone's career. Oh, great, great stuff coming up here on To the Turnbuckle. Let's keep on doing it. We're presented by Virgin Nation Productions right here on Hill of Turn Wrestling. We'll see you next week. God, we're going to have a great year. We out here. Bye, Loganites. Bye. Bye, Loganites! Bye, Loganites!